Buckle up, everyone, and welcome to Carpool Rugby League, a show with three rugby league tragics talk everything rugby league on your way to or from work. I'm Graham. I'm Shana. And I am the Chameleon. Welcome aboard and on with the show. Yes, it's Wednesday, and you know what that means? It's another episode of Carpool Rugby League, and I'll tell you what, fellas, there's no reason to feel blue unless you live north of the border. How good was the origin? Brilliant. <laughs> it was brilliant. Yeah, it, it, was, uh, it was the highlights of lockdown. That's it the was highlight. glorious. Lock me down with that every night of the week, please. It was glorious to watch. Yeah, there's plenty to talk about. Obviously, we've got the Blues wrapping up the series in Game 2 up there at Suncorp. Uh, we also have a lot of talk in and around the situation here in Sydney where we are currently um, under stay-at-home orders. So we'll talk today about how that impacts on the NRL. We've got... Um, and Queensland are too. Yes, that's true. Yes, if you're in Brisbane, I, sh- I shouldn't forget that. Darwin? Their... Darwin is? Yeah, so... Is there, um, is there anywhere in Australia that's not? Look, it's, it's, anyway. it's impacting everywhere, yes. obviously. Um, I think Adelaide is okay. Adelaide's okay, good. They shut themselves good, good. off, which is unfortunate yes. because I'm supposed to be going there in a couple oh, of weeks. Ah. Yeah, again. Annoying. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, hopefully you get there eventually, mate. And uh, One day, one day. One day. Maybe they could have the magic round there one one time just to... Well, it uh, would be magic it. then. I got there and it was on, yeah. <laughs> Look, we've got plenty to talk about today. We've got... Uh, Graham's gaff a bit later on. We're also going to see what grabbed Griffo's eye. But um, look, seems though we don't have any footy scores to go over from the weekend, Shane. Um, we'll talk about Origin in a minute, but we might just go straight into uh, Shano's tidbits just to get us kicked off with mm. the latest, especially in and around what's happening with uh, COVID and the NRL. Well, look, if you mentioned COVID in the NRL, um, look, you know, it, it broke couple of days ago that the dogs, um, they had some close contact scares and it's just been announced that the Cowboys, uh, their leader, Todd Payton, has been a close contact as well. So he will be in isolation getting a test. I suppose uh, the Cowboys, they'll be getting tested uh, ahead of their game on Saturday night with the Newcastle Knights. So um, it, it really is... It's interesting. I, I remember the last time we had this type of setup, which is roughly about this time last year, really. Um, no, it was earlier. It was the first set of holidays. Um, and um, it sounded like things were, it's funny, like they talk about this Delta strain. And back then, it sounded like things were a lot more tight in regards to the bubble, where you should be, where you shouldn't be, players following the rules. Now, we've been told that this strain is far way and above more contagious. And it's funny, like a lot of, it, it seems a bit looser than, than, than what it did before, where, where we didn't have this kind of thing where players were close contacts and, and now the coach to close contact. And I think that, um, look, it's, I, I'm glad there's football. And I only hope that come tomorrow night, there is football and it continues on. That, that we don't find ourselves with teams uh, putting up the white flag saying, oh, sorry, we've got to 
we've got to go into isolation and there won't be a team that would be fielded. Um, that looked a real possibility for the dogs at one stage. But um, thankfully, it appears that, that all that's been abated. So, yeah, um, that's a developing thing hourly, it seems to be at the moment. So, yeah, I, all we can do is tell you what we know now. What we know now is that. Um, we'll go to Queensland. We'll talk about Queensland for a minute. Now, I want to talk about three reasons why Queensland lost the game before the ball was even kicked. Um, we can talk about their performance on the field and we'll probably do that. Three things that, that, that are really interesting coming out of the game with, with Queensland. Um, the first one is Francis Molo. Um, the Courier Mail, why the Courier Mail would, would want to break with this story, I don't know. They seem to have dug up some uh, some of Molo's past. Now, if you're unsure what Molo's past is like, uh, he was involved in a shoulder tackle some years back, which uh, led to the death of a prop forward, Ackerman, um, in the Intra Super Cup. Um, uh, he had a ruptured artery from the tackle. Coroner found him not guilty. It was just that he didn't make an attempt to the tackle. He got something in the order of nine weeks suspension for that. You'd think that he, and he was very emotional when he got called up. He thought his career was over back then. He didn't think he'd play football. So why are we talking about this now? He's going to the Dragons next year. He's been signed by the uh, Red V. It came out in this article that he actually, since the accident, hasn't made any contact with the family of the young man that he hit uh, in football. He's playing football, by the way. He hit with the shoulder charge playing football. The Dragons, from what I understand, have basically said this need, in short, you come to our club with no baggage, full stop. So um, it's interesting that even before he puts on a jersey, um, the Dragons have pretty much said, we want no baggage. That if you need to, if, Milo said he'll do it when he feels the time is right. Um, it's been quite a few years now. So that would be something I'd hate to go through myself on either side. It seems like that, um, you know, you'd only hope that um, that both sides have had the counselling and closure they need. But um, Ackerman, who was a young man who died, um, his mum was in the paper. His mother's in the paper saying that um, he gets to he gets to wear the the maroon jersey and uh, have fun while we're still hurting. So it, it seems like that that's still a raw thing and that the club he's going to St. George want that fixed. So that's a very, um, it's a very raw subject a, and situation. Uh, it's and tragic. I mean, it's tragedy. It's absolutely tragic. Fix, they can't no, fix it. No, you, know, you right. can't fix that. And that's, that's why when I, when I was sort of doing a bit of digging it's around tough, on it, it? And I think, I think that, I think St. George when they say no baggage, it's more or less saying, look, if you need to make amends or you need to contact the family, do it. You know, if you need help in that regard, we'll provide you with help. So yeah, from what we understand, the club, all three clubs he's been at, or two clubs, sorry, he's going to St. George, have offered supports. So you only hope that, you know, I, why, why the Korea Mail would break with a story like this before Origin is dumbfounding. But anyway... They did, and um, it appears like all the all the relevant parties are going to somehow offer some support to to, to make this situation a uh, tragic situation. Um, you can't make it better, so I'll use the words less tragic, maybe. 
I don't know. So that's one thing. Secondly, Gerard Sutton, remember him, right? He was the head of uh, referees. What's Gerard Sutton and and the and the origin got in common? His brother was the referee the other night. Now Gerard Sutton was actually hired by the by the Queensland Rugby League to be their referees consultant. When he found out that his brother was going to be the referee, he pulled the pin. Why is this important? Well, it meant that they were out without a referee consultant, as we know. Uh, Gavin Badger, I think it is. It's been the Blues one. I uh, was seen in the box with, with New South Wales. Why is this important? This is important because Penrith Panthers have actually said, um, how is this any different to his job at the Melbourne Storm? He is currently the referee's consultant at the Melbourne Storm. When you think that Sutton will probably get the grand final, his brother will be the consultant, referee consultant for yeah, the gosh. team that is possibly, that's most probably going to be in the grand final. This has massive implications. Basically, I think it's a masterstroke from Penrith. They already plant the seed to say, hey, there's a precedent here. You left Queensland, mm. the team. Why can't this happen now? So so before they, so they went into camp thinking everything's fine. They've got a referee consultant. These guys are, are, are vitally important now in the box and, and provide constant um, advice to, to the coach to send down what they can and can't get away with. So Penrith have shot the shot the foot, and, and rightly so. You know, if you're going to leave, if you're going to leave because of that, then um, then so be it. So have we very had any interesting- games? Oh, sorry, because I, I, I didn't even know that that happened. I'm probably putting you on the spot here. Have we had any games where no, we would have had? Been- Refereed yes, by have. Jared. Yeah, now we have. I, I, I've got only because, only because I didn't have time to do the full numbers. I'm actually going to do that during the week. Look at all the games. Yeah, um, just something to uh, inside a person. A, a person. It's got to be a uh, conflict there. One of my sources did tell me that, um, interestingly enough, um, it, it, they might have got the rubber degree. I, I, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to wait and do my homework. Maybe I can come out with more of that next week. But Penrith definitely have put it out there that this would be a conflict of interest come the grand final. Um, and yeah. rightly so. Because if you look at the, the numbers game at the moment, the two teams in the grand final probably are going to be Penrith and the Storm. So I think it's a master stroke from Penrith. I'd follow Penrith. I'd say... Injuries pending, but if I was Penrith, I'd be saying exactly the same thing. Yeah, I, I don't think that he should have been having to stand down from. I, 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 I probably. They're two different me. humans. If I was the me, I'd probably. Brothers. I've got to be honest. If it was me, I probably wouldn't have stood down. I don't know why he did. Because I think there was there was the precedent some, though. That's the worry. From what heard, Andrew Abdul was involved. Um. Well, it was just to please explain or whatever the case was, but yeah, it doesn't matter. They're two different uh, humans. I, I tend to agree. And with I a game like rugby league, I, I actually think that if they set this precedent, it's a bit of a worry because there are a lot of, uh, you know, there are a lot of families and connections in rugby league. You even look Absolutely. at, isn't, you know, isn't you got the what, Johns, you've got the Johns well, brothers, you've got, uh, you know, you, you could have a situation where you've got Andrew Johns, coaching a team coming up against his nephew. We've seen it in the past. I mean, even 
even going into different areas of um, of football, I mean, you know, uh, Mark yeah. Mark Hughes working at the Rabbitohs. You know, we we didn't worry about when they come up against the Bull. I just I don't know. It didn't worry, and he and they and they didn't say anything when he poached players from the Bulldogs, aka Isaac Luke. Isaac Luke was the best one. Yeah, and look, but the other thing is too, you know, you've now got a. Uh, if you want to start a bit of an episode of Family Feud, you got Ben Iken at, uh, at the Broncos, and you've well, got uh, Wayne Bennett at South Sydney. We've well, got all sorts of connections in the game. Uh, oh, it's a bit. It's a bit I, I think, but 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 can I say? Actually, uh, I don't. You're questioning I don't professionalism, often, then. I don't comment Absolutely. on any yeah. forum. I did make one comment, and I said, "Isn't this what makes rugby league special? The fact that it is a family oriented yeah. game." Isn't that isn't that why we isn't that why one of the benefits of the sport? Anyway, it sets a precedent. Penrith probably did well, but I wouldn't have stood there. Um, I'll put this forward. Like, wasn't um, Robert Finch the referee's boss while his son was yes. playing? Most yeah. definitely. Well, there was never any, you know, innuendo. Or anything. No, it's, no. It's I think no. it's a non-issue. It's it's his brother it's not as if they said no penalty when he did the drop out that didn't go 10 yeah i think so, might be our only penalty but <laughs> wasn't that we got too that, many wasn't that with uh that was the new <coughs> newcastle roosters against newcastle i think well, um, it was a little than the other night when when Felt yes well that was that was insane yeah, yeah, yeah. that went backwards <laughs> that was horrendous that was awful um but um, yeah, look, that's. I'm just saying that was, uh, you know, that that would have, that wouldn't have helped their cause. The third thing is, here's a guy now. Look at their coach, okay, Green. He he's without a job. He's without a full time gig. A very good friend then becomes made head of football at the Broncos. You'd think you'd do everything to impress. You'd think you'd go be out there. You'd do everything. The players on the field are the players on the field now. Paul Green apparently had to leave the uh, pre-match function for the for the Maroons to go to another function because he has a sponsor that 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 he had to go fulfill some sponsorship stuff. Not a problem. However, he was seen by members of the public out at the casino at 1:45 in the morning. Now he categorically denies this. He said, "I was at the casino. I left by midnight. By midnight, I was out." Regardless. Here's a guy who is looking for a full-time gig who probably doesn't have the best Queensland side on paper. A Queensland side that, that I, in my opinion, was also ravaged with injuries. You forget about that. that there's quite a few injuries, and, and the Blues have some too. But I think that, you know, there's a part of me that says that that, that also might add to the comments that we were hearing from people like Munster at halftime. So I know that, that Queensland Rugby League were ropeable with him for what he said at halftime. I thought what he said was highly valid. Um, he's out in the field. He's, he's the guy experiencing this kind of stuff. He's the guy that has every right to say whether they're a shambles or not. Um, he couldn't sugarcoat anything that was happening by halftime. So there's the three things that the, the Queensland mm. uh, did not have in their corner well and truly before the ball was kicked. Nathan Cleary has an injury coming out of this game. As we know, he's got a shoulder injury. It has been broken today. 
not his shoulder that is, but the news, that he will be uh, four to six weeks. Um, reading the article, um, I, I can't find anything from Penrith at this point in time, so I can only assume this is what Penrith sent to the media outlets. And reading stuff from the media outlets, it's looking like it's more six than four. Uh, in trolling through and, and seeing some of the background, what we do understand was they were looking at a numbers game. Does he get, if he gets the surgery, will he be ready by finals? The quick answer to that is no. Um, in, in all, they've, they've tried every computation and the best computation for the team will be that he is back in six weeks. However, done a bit of homework on this and Graham, I need the exercise physiologist to tell me if I'm right or wrong. This is a very common injury, this sort of sublux uh, injury where you get a partial dislocation especially in high contact sports, um, rugby league one, NFL is the other. The two things I found from this is that number one, the plosive energy he has pushing from this hand will be dramatically reduced. Also the range and the force that that shoulder will be able to take will be dramatically reduced. I asked this, I think the Cleary is like Trevojevic is to Manly. Playing aside, his presence on that field is just so important. He does something. He's got an aura. I don't know what it is. He's just got something about him which makes players lift. However, when it comes down to playing the good sides, it's half has, as what makes Cleary special, this ball running mm. halfback who's able to push out of tackles and defend well. He's one of the defensive halfbacks yeah. in the league. Has two has these two strings to the bow. Having them removed, does, does this does this impact Penrith or is his presence just so big? I, I think his presence is big on the field. Griff, you're the Penrith fan. No, they they can't win the comp if he's not there. Yeah. Simple as that, in my opinion. He's not there. They, they can't win the comp. They, they'll still make the, you know, they'll be up there, but they're going to be uh, doing it tough even to make the grand final. If, if he's not there, and they've got to win one of those prelim finals, whether it be against South, Southern Storm or Parramatta, maybe Manly, maybe the Roosters. I can't see him winning that game either. Yeah. Um, so, you know, an 80% Nathan Cleary is is better than whoever's going to be wearing that jersey. Um, and, and realistically, it would be Jerome Luai and Matt Burton. Yeah. Um, now, those two players are, are outstanding players, mm. but the Penrith team suffers. Yeah. Um, in, this, in this particular team, at this moment, Matt Burton is a centre. Yeah. And he's been a brilliant running centre, running off, essentially running off Jerome Luai. Um, Nathan Cleary is the man who guides him around the park. Mm. He's the brains in that yeah. side. Um, he's not the only one, don't get me wrong. He's not the only guy with a brain out there, but... Um, he's got he's the best the leader. one. He's the leader. Mm. And, and and the team follows. Yeah, Just yeah. as he was the leader for New South Wales and the team followed. Mm. Um, yet Teddy's Teddy's the captain with the C next to his name. But Nathan Cleary making most of the calls. Mm. 
ball well, that's the role of the half isn't it yeah that's that yeah he's he's the, he's the playmaker um yeah. and that's again that's no disrespect to anyone else all fine players but for for this particular team and I do also believe for the blues they're not going to be as good the blues are not going to be as good without him no um Penrith certainly are nowhere near as good without him even though they've got two, able replacements in those positions the team as a whole suffers because you then don't have Matt Burton in the centres you've got somebody else who's not as good mm. um, yeah. yeah and and you know it takes it's more pressure on on, uh, on both Burton and Jerome Luai now again they can handle it but whether they can get the team across the line mm. in a you know the biggest of stages. I'm not quite sure that that, yeah. that Pen. Well, I, I don't think Penrith can possibly win yeah. the competition <clears throat> without Nathan Cleary there. And I think and we'll that's talk what... more. Well, sorry, I was just going to ask you, Gray. Yeah. Um, we'll talk more about that when we come to the Penrith game. Graham, you're 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 the guy with the um, qualifications in this. <laughs> he comes back after six weeks. I dare say this thing will be strapped to the crap oh, house, yeah, yeah, needled yeah. up. What's the odds of this injury yep. blowing up once he's back? Like, okay. I, 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 so I, it seems thing, like it's it's like it's like replacing the it's like fixing the rung on the ladder with sticky tape to me. I don't yes, know. Yes, it you is. It is, a, it is a little bit. Look, to be honest with you, the one thing that they're probably not telling you, and it depends on the severity, but just to give you a rough guide. Um, okay, let's go through the process. So you've got the you've got the labrum, which is basically the um, Think of the ball and socket of the shoulder joint. The humerus, which is the arm, sits in the socket. Now, the labrum is on the scapula. Now, it's a That's fibrous cartilage. So, yeah, yeah. So, basically, where you've got your ball and socket, think about the socket. Think mm-hmm. about a fibrous cartilage, so a bit of protection just around the outside. And what happens in these injuries is you get a bit tear away, like it tears. So... The biggest implication here for Nathan Cleary is stability of the shoulder. Now, we've seen that they're very common in rugby league due to uh, like the contact of the direct blows. Sometimes you see them when players are tackling. Very common also, too, you see players, if they're reaching out for a try and the shoulder pops out and pops in. Um, that sublux injury where the, the joint, where the, yeah, the ball comes away from the socket and goes back in can tear it very easily. Just to give people an idea in regards to... Previous injuries they may remember. Uh, this is what put Kalen Ponger out of origin last year. He had to have that surgery at the end of the season. He was playing. He was in a similar situation to Cleary. He was playing with it for a while, got to the end of the season, had to have the surgery. Uh, the most severe case where you had to have the surgery happened there and then I can think of was the famous Craig Wing injury against the Roosters where he got hit from behind and um, he had to have the surgery then and there. The thing to keep in mind here is, the process now for Cleary basically is usually it's three to six weeks of rehab. Now, what Penrith don't want to tell you, and I don't want to be the... It's, it, look, it's all ifs and buts, but um, this isn't a guarantee. They could do four or six weeks of rehab and go, it's not responding. Basically, what happens is because you have the stability of the shoulder compromised, the shoulder's a little bit different to a lot of other joints. So in a sense that um, most of your other joints are held together purely by ligaments and the, st- the muscles around it have a lesser role in providing stability. 
The shoulder is mostly kept together by the rotator cuff muscles. So these four muscles probably provide about 60 to 70% of the stability of your shoulder. What they're planning on doing is working for the next three to six weeks on building up those muscles in the shoulder to increase stability. Now, they will never be able to get to that stability that he has with, you know, a fully intact labrum. But, you know, by strengthening those surrounding structures, it's going to give him a better chance. Look, if it does, if he does go through that rehab and they can delay the surgery for the end of the season, what we've also got to remember, there's probably a 20 to 40% chance that this injury may reoccur and that he may have issues. Like he may, he's, he's, he's putting himself at a very high risk. I mean, yeah, 20 to 40% of some sort of injury reoccurring, a dislocation, further damage, so on and so forth. So what I think you're seeing from Penrith is a calculated risk. So if they can increase the stability of the shoulder, they're trying to strengthen those muscles. The rest of the stability they're going to try and get is significant strapping. So obviously, it'd be strapped as much as they could possibly strap it. First thought that fans are going to think of, oh, that might restrict his movement and play. From the point of view of someone who's worked in injury rehab, my biggest concern is late on in the half when that strapping starts to get a bit looser. You think about if you tape up your knee or your shoulder or whatever injury you fans at home have had, by the end of that half, after running on that for 40 minutes, moving around, you do get some flexibility in that strapping. It does start to become a bit looser. The implication on the field for Penrith, should he respond well to the rehab, should he then go on to play, I think we're going to see a bit of an altered game. We're not going to see the confidence in his running game. We're not going to see him make as much defense. I think they're going to have to hide him a little bit in defense. I think they're also going to have to restrict his running game. It's going to change the way Penrith play. But as Griffo said, if you've got a Nathan Cleary at 80%, you're still probably better. So, look, he's definitely having surgery at the end of the year. Um, If this works, you can see why they're doing it. But I I, I think that four-week number that's being talked about, I think, Shane, you're closer on the money, closer to six weeks. They'll get him to about round 22. Um, and I think Burton will be able to hold fort until then. All they've really got to do is make the top four. They may not be this juggernaut that they've been, but if they make the top four, Cleary comes back. His presence is worth a fair bit, but it's, yeah, like, it's not ideal. It's, it's interesting that you've worked you've worked at NRL club. You've worked uh, in rehabs at NRL level. It's interesting you use the word hiding. That's I reckon that's probably something that's come from He'll your experience. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And and because if you're an opposition coach, you're saying run at that shoulder. If you if you were in yeah. your position as a trainer, you're saying run at that shoulder, aren't you? For sure. For sure. And yeah. look, okay, so you've yeah, and I think I think you've probably given our listeners a bit of an insight into the fact that it's his football brain, and what what I think Griffo's saying is that it's definitely the football brain out in the field. But the body really needs some sort of of protection. So, yeah, it's it's wait and see. I think Penrith. Look, I agree with with Griff. I'd actually probably leave Burton in centres if you had another half option, but you don't. So, not as good as Burton. But anyway, we'll talk about that when we come to the. I have a game. question for Graham just before yeah. we move on. Mm. Grammy, he injured it very early in the game. Yep, and I think it took about ten minutes. 
And then he saw, we saw in the second half, he obviously had some sort of something opened his shoulder together. Um, yeah. did some, I saw some black uh, thing underneath the jersey. Yeah. And, and I believe he did it again in the second half. Yep. Um, so it's likely that will be worse than what it originally happened. Is that? Yeah, I think that the, the, the issue is basically you think about, well, it's very difficult for me to say or to know what damage would have happened in that second occurrence, but I can tell you the second occurrence happened because of that instability within the shoulder. Right. So the structures holding the shoulder together, whilst I talked about muscles, there are still ligaments there and that labrum works. It's what you got to understand too, that the, the socket, that he's torn the cartilage around. It's not a very deep socket. It's a lot of people think of ball and socket. They think of the hip joint where there's, um, you know, it's really cupping that, that, uh, femur, um, the head of the femur there with the, with the shoulder, it's, it's not a very deep socket. So what would have happened in that one? I'd imagine the reason that there was the reoccurrence is because that stability was not there. So if he was to go and play this week, the reoccurrence of the injury would be significantly high. The purpose of the, the weeks off aren't necessarily... Mm. Look, they are. it is to give it a bit of time to heal, but obviously this is beyond healing by itself. Some minor tears can heal by itself. This one needs surgery. The time is more so to build up the structures around the shoulder and the muscles to stabilize that joint and to strap it. And as you saw in that game, Griffo, just strapping it um, isn't going to be enough to keep it stable. So yeah. he'll, 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 he'll that, the psychological impact of playing with that injury, it'll be interesting and, to see. Cleary's the type of bloke that I don't think would think about it. He'd probably more likely run a play and, and you know, fend someone off it, and re-injure It was shoulder, noticeable but... that he didn't run as much in yeah, the game. Yeah. He'll, yeah. he'll, he'll, he, I, I think that we'll see a change in his game. But um, look, I'll be honest with you, Cooper Cronk on a comp with a bust. Well, that's arm, what I was going to say before. Right. Like, yeah. Cleary can do it too. You know, he, the top players find yeah. a way. Um, I was Cooper Cronk. I was going to mention him before, but uh, yeah, I mean, he he was simply out there calling shots. He. Virtually yep. didn't. Different take... circumstances that were oh, already in the grand final. The leadership and the organisation that Cleary provides. Yeah. Oh, is, he needs to be there. Is possibly more valuable. And look, his kicking game, if his forwards protect him, his kicking game will be fine. You just might not see him run the ball as much. Well, you might see a bit of role reverse. I, you'd, you'll see Luai run the yeah. ball, and I think Luai's a great ball runner. So, uh, look, yeah, same here. Yep. The, from what I understand, that the whole surgery thing came about because. Uh, when now, I suppose when he's cooled down, mm. when he cooled down, the range of movement had reduced significantly, and there was pain in the shoulder, and I think that's why the initial, I think probably the initial assessment of surgery came about because of that. So I think that's why. Yeah, and does that, that work? Yeah, it, I don't say, know, it, the scans yeah. and the specialists, like even up until today. He yeah. was going to specialists. I think Shane, you yeah. told me that he went to a few different specialists from what you well, were. Well, the, the inside the inside mail I got was that he was basically that Penrith were looking at options that if he was to go under the knife, was there was there a possibility he could return for the finals? And that was never time wise, that was never going to be the case. Mm. Um, but anyway, that's my tidbits. Look, he will he will have a reduction in strength. 
that's one of the yeah. main symptoms that fans. So he still had a pretty fair game for you know. Yeah, far out. Yeah, like for seventy minutes without injury. That's true. Yeah. That's Didn't true. get much, mind you. The Blues did not get much thrown at him. No, no. Look, we'll talk about the game in a minute. Yeah. We might just, uh, first of all, I'm sure there were plenty of things within that game that um, that caught people's eye, and we're very interested to hear what Griffo's got for Griffo's grab. <laughs> Griffo, what grabbed your eye this week? I'm going a little bit different this week, Graham. Normally, uh, I concentrate on one play or one player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this week, I want to talk about the ball movement of New South Wales. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. I don't want to talk about one incident or one player. It was just every time they move the ball wide they just looked like something was going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. It was not one player. It was the whole team that involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and Queensland had no answer. Um, so they scored some, some beautiful tries. That I'm not sure where, which try it was. Probably the third try because the trails was the intercept was the second one. But Third one was Trebojevic. When, when it went out to the right and we saw Adol Carr sprint, sprint, I mean, to, to get to Adol Carr, it had passed through about five or six pairs of hands. Um, everyone did their job. And then Adol Carr sprints downfield. He's got turbo inside. It's try time. It was just beautiful to watch. And also, and was, I think, sorry to cut you off, Griff, just before I forget, that down that <coughs> right side, there was also the one that Murray bombed. That's what I was just about yeah, to bring up. Yeah, yeah. I was, well, sorry, mate. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, actually, not, not that one. Not th- that was it. But the one in the, uh, I think it was the second half, which is also down the right side. When you mentioned Murray, um, he was offside. They got called yeah. back. Um, and I, I know one or two Queenslanders heard the whistle and they stopped, but probably New South Wales would have scored there as well. But that was from deep within their own half. And the willingness to, to pass the ball and use the talent that the team has, it was just great to watch. It, it That's what caught my eye. Because even though yeah. I think when, when the one that Murray dropped, it didn't bother me because that just gave me confidence that how they were able to create. You just thought, they'll, they'll go there again. They'll score. Yeah. You know, whereas in the past, I would have thought, oh, you know, we've bombed the Tribe. You know, <laughs> it was going to come back to haunt us. Yeah, I never felt that. No, no, I just I had confidence that whenever we do that, we've got a very good chance of scoring, and these guys just can't stop us. No, um, so it's wonderful to watch. Throw in um, honourable mentions to Tommy Turbo for his try saver with the knock the ball out. Oh, that was amazing! His arm. Wonderful. Throwing Brian Toto with, you know, right near the end of the game. Um, game is won. No, it's not over. Toto gets around and gets that ball out of Cal Felt's arms. All yeah. Cal Felt had to do was yeah. hold on to the ball and fall. That down. was great to watch. 
That was great to watch. Was some big plays from some big players. Like, I can think of a couple that Latrell did. That that that, inner, drop that, out, that the, the intercept, um, the the strip. The strip. I thought that set that was, the scene that, for the game. Well, absolutely, that set the scene. That got that got the ball rolling, because up until that point, Queensland were were going as well as New South Wales in yeah. terms of enthusiasm and whatnot. Yeah, and they they you know they were far better than how they opened the first game. But it wasn't till they conceded that ball as a result of of uh, of Latrell taking it off Carl Felt. Uh, unfortunately, poor old Kirk Capewell got labelled on uh, on the uh, the coverage as as he was the guy that that got stripped of the ball, and that sort of stuck. Even when I was looking at some of the player ratings. Um, you know, it was mentioned Kirk Cape. Well, he had a decent game, but he got lost. <laughs> oh, you know, right. He's been framed. Yeah, that's a I think that might have been on, on they the, want a real on center. The, the the ratings from the Herald site, um, but they got it wrong. And the, like hey, the the blind guy doing the stats. Uh, look, fair call. to be fair, <laughs> like these Venetian, the blind guy. They they do look pretty similar. They got you look, know, he's a, his guy dog tried to correct him, but just yeah, yeah. But anyway, look, Apollo. His name is felt. <laughs> I felt he was out of his depth at that level, to be honest. Um, but yeah. I, I, I'm glad you mentioned that because be I I I said that. And I thought, oh, was that a bit harsh? I thought, no, he, yeah, I, I thought that he's a guy who's played well for years, but I thought, I thought the same. I thought he he was out of his depth. He he was the he was one of the players who just looked like they shouldn't be there. I just think it's obviously got connection with the coach who was a former mm. Cowboys coach. So of course, jeez, um, yeah, he he just in both games he made some. Some crucial errors, yeah. Um, and, and yeah, he, he won't be there in the next game. I don't think. I, I wouldn't imagine so. I think they've got his. I, I think in this next game, the, the Queensland side have to think outside the box. Surely that they, they can't keep running with what they've got. I don't and, think they've got too many options, Shane. No. Well, and the other thing is, I, I I wrote down, I wrote down yesterday for no other reason than I, I was bored. Um, Queensland injuries. When you take an injury list of Queensland, geez, you're taking some phenomenal players, players that would make first, that would make the first grade team in a lot of other, in a lot of NRL sides. You're taking some brilliant players out. So, mm. I feel, I feel a bit for Queensland. Not that I should, but they've copped an absolute bagging, and and Cooper Cronk said something. I thought, oh. Really, mate, you wore this jersey. You should, you know, you should stand up for them. You know, you're in the media. When you look at their injuries and you look at who they're fielding, it's not, it's little wonder that, that that's the result. And I think that if we, I think that if you're a Queensland fan, yeah, you got, you got done. You didn't score any points. Look, it should have been more. It could yeah. have been, it could have been 50 again. It should have been. But it wasn't. It should have been. The thing is, there's a lot of players on the sideline who would make first grade in any team, and I think I think that you know this whole idea that you know, and then you know, this is not a dynasty by any. This is two games. Yeah, I think that I think that I think that you can only play what you what's in front of you. Fair call, 
But for people like Cooper Cronk to come out and say the things he said, I thought, mate, you'd be better off. You'd be better off using your clout as a Queenslander to look at who's being injured. Inspiring. To look at this, to, yeah, yeah. It was. I thought that was that's the difference. Weak. I think, and I know I'm going to sound the Queensland fans are going to go, oh, he's talking out of his ass here." But I felt like even in that eight in a row, the fans for New South Wales were showing up. The commentators, they were backing each other. I think what we're seeing now is Queensland. A lot of those players from that dynasty aren't sure how to handle uh, a lack of success from Queensland. And, yeah, it's going to create an issue for them because we're starting to see not only... I think it's a two-way swing in a sense that we're starting to see some real talent come forward for New South Wales, but a lack there for Queensland, and it's creating what, this gap. What I find is, 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 is abysmal is the whinging by the, by the Queensland players, especially those aligned with the Broncos, about Kevin, oh, he should be the coach of Brisbane. Okay, now he's the coach of Brisbane. Brisbane are doing this. He can't coach, he shouldn't be coaching Queensland because he's got to look after the mess in his own backyard. Oh, yeah, geez. So now you've got these guys whinging about things and then whinging about Kevy and then saying, oh, but this, that, and the other. Like, for crying out loud, like when things were going well, I didn't hear this. And yeah. I'll let you, and I'll, I'll tell you now, and this could be, yes, this is one thing you can harvest salt from my veins over this one thing. Jared Hayne did not hit the sideline. <laughs> Dynasty wouldn't exist, mate, yes. if the referee could open his eyes. Jared so Hayne is innocent. There's a quote that's going to get taken out of context. The no, no, there's. He did not hit the sideline. No, like that the, that, that is one thing he is not guilty of. But he did not hit the sideline that game. And that's the thing. I think that now when you're seeing that it's two games in, you got you got you got you got them saying stuff. It's controversial. They want you know someone's talking about coaching shake up for the third game. Like, come on. You serious? Yeah, well, like, so someone else someone else can series. get embarrassed. Play the series, tell it for what it is, but understand there's a lot of people on the side. I just thought it's a bit of it. I thought, I thought they're I thought some of their comments were a bit childish. Like if I was, a, if that was a rugby league team, I was like, if, if that was the blues yeah. and Paul Gallen come out and said some of this stuff for argument's sake, I'd actually be willing to say, shut up gal. Like, come on. Like, because, you know, I, I get their, I get their heroes of the Queensland Jersey, but to be fair, like you're still a fan. Regardless of you know what I mean, so act like one. You're talking about find personnel. the silver lining. You're talking about you can't personnel. find the silver lining. Like, yeah. There's a silver lining there. They've had that many bloody injuries. Yeah, but you know, surely look at the situation uh, they're in with the season gone. You talked about personnel, and I know you're alluding to the coach. Do you think, given the fact that this this uh, series has been won by New South Wales, do you think we're going to see a shake up? Upset in regards... they don't win every game. That's no, but... their problem. Are you? Are we going to see a shake-up in the Queensland side? Do we see this as an opportunity? You know, Graham, I, 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 can I can I say this? Can I say this? And I, I know this is not a dynasty yet. I, I get that, and it's I said yet. Yeah. <laughs> really, yeah. it's not. Way. You've got a group of thirteen players. You've got to, you know, that this is a team that Pappenhausen can't break into at the moment. 
No, I'm talking about Queensland. No, but what I'm saying is, yeah, and I'll get to Queensland. I think be fair to the situation, they're playing, Queensland are playing an absolutely phenomenal team here. And you're asking a lot of boys who probably aren't in the best form for their club to step up and play against the side who is just outstanding. Like, you've got every Penrith player playing out of their skin. You've then got people like Latrell Mitchell back in the centres and Trevojevic in the centres who look like they've been there their whole career. You've then got Damien Cook who's found this vein of form when he puts a Blues jersey on. You know, and you just look at all these ducks in a row and you're going, you know, like, what's Queensland do? Like, I'm being serious. This New South Wales side could play a lot of NRL sides, most of them, and put a number on. With the current Queensland side, though, I'll ask you, Griffo, in your opinion, is this the best Maroon side that they can run out, or is there someone who you think deserves a crack given that there's a dead rubber game from the, uh, the, the Maroons' point of view? Well, I, I sort of... Firstly, I don't care. <laughs> Let's be frank. It's I, a hypothetical, it. isn't it? Um, they do. They are limited, given injuries at the moment. The majority of those guys are the best guys in yeah. their position that they can field. Um, the majority of them. Obviously, there's been a lot of contention about the centers because they've been exploited there. But um, in an ideal world, Queensland would have had Kalen Ponga at fullback. Um, I don't think Kyle Felt is the best option as a winger. Um, I don't think Valentine Holmes is is anywhere near their best option as a fullback, but they keep picking him there, and he's he's not delivered at all. Um, Mulitalo, I don't know if we're going to talk about that. I think we're talking about that later, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I think he would have been a better option on the wing, but then you've got also guys like Edric Lee hasn't played. I don't think he's played a game this year. He was part of game three last year. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Colts, um, Colts is 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 going to be a really good player. You know, he's he's probably been exploited a little bit at, at, at this level. He was dropped, then he's called back. Um, he made a few mistakes again, um, but he offers something that probably is better than. Most of the other options that they could play there, they've got centre problems. Gagai's, we know he played, he was outstanding last year in playing in the centres. No one questioned it last year because he played really well. Likewise, Capewell. Um, uh, but have they got better options in the centres? I don't think so. Maybe Will Chambers, if you want to resurrect him for, I think it's worth bringing him back for game three. Mm. Um, yeah, I reckon I reckon he'll play. You got Opacek as as an option. You know, to me he's just a first grader, but he qualifies. 
Um, as far as your number six goes, well, you know, many people have talked about Munster as the best player of uh, currently in the NRL. They're not mm. saying it so much now, but they were saying it last year when Queensland, when the Melbourne Storm won the comp and Queensland followed it up. And Munster was outstanding. I don't think they've got a better option than Cherry Evans at the moment at halfback. I don't rate him to, too highly, to be honest. I think he goes well when other players around him go well. But that's not happening for the Maroon jersey. It's certainly happened at Manly where, where Trebojevic is... Uh, Jake, sorry, uh, Tommy Turbo, <clears throat> since he came back, DCE's playing better. But he wasn't going too well without him. No, um, and, it's, I think, and it's too much, too much, too early to to throw young Walker in there. Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. Um, he's not ready yet. He will no. be there, but you know, it might be sooner than later. But certainly not game three this year. No. Um, forward wise, okay. Uh, Tino, have they got a better lock than Tino? No. Have they got a, you know, have they got a better guy running around than Jai Arrow? No. No. Fafita. Fafita, he hasn't performed. Um, he, he's a at his best. He's the best running forward in the game, but he's he's like you know, he's, Pangai Junior's another guy at his best, devastating. But how often is he at his best? Um, Christian Welch, he's got to be there if you're saying who's the best prop. Him and Papali, well, they were there. Who's better than them? The, the guy that they obviously missed was Harry Grant. Yeah. They need a yeah. fully fit Harry Grant. Yeah, I don't think there's anyone really that hasn't been in that squad that is better than the guys that are there. Oh no! Oh no! I mentioned yeah. that earlier. Oh, sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm saying you know, all, oh, for the available. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, and that's and that's so, true. Looking forward, like in a couple of years, you know, the possibility of a Ponga, Munster, Walker, Grant, Spine. Yeah, Walsh. You know, he's... Yeah, Bruce Walsh. Yeah, well, we, we you got those he might guys play. there. Yeah, and a, a mystery hamster in the captain's run. Well, you know, there were a few conspiracy theories going around, but I noticed he's not named for the Warriors this week, so mm. he, maybe he did actually. Because there was no, you know, there was no tears or anything. There was no. You know, walking off the training paddock with with the ice on the hamstring, we didn't see anything, didn't hear anything. All we heard, oh, he's out. Mulatalo's in. Mm. Then Mulatalo, then we heard a lot from Mulatalo. He did the hokey pokey. So, yeah, I mean, it was a bit of a mystery, wasn't it? Getting a hamstring strain at the captain's run. Mm. Um, Just before we move on, though, just going back to the game, I'd be interested to see what you fellas think. Um, there are a lot of good performances from the Blues. Who, who do you give your man of the match to? Me personally? Yeah. Um, if you ask me at half-time, I'm giving it to Luttrell. If you ask me at full-time, I'm, I'm giving it to Teddy. Yeah. Just ahead of Luttrell. Yep. yep. Luttrell was outstanding in that first half. And and the first half, it was, it was over at half-time, realistically. Yeah. And uh, it was... Largely due to the efforts, as Shane or mentioned some of them earlier, of Luttrell, you know, stealing the ball, coming up with the, the intercept. Um, there are a few other things, a few other big plays that he came up with, which I'm just trying to think of at the moment. But um, 
he he's he really the fans. Led the way. Well, there was and, one where he took Gagai over the sideline. That's he, it. Yeah. Defense also like restart. He just jammed in, and there was a there was a couple was of sets of six Gagai. where he came into the second. It was almost like a second row in defense. Mm. He he stood up well. I I, I actually. Your man I was a little surprised that he wasn't man. I, look, Tedesco man of the match does not bother me in the slightest. I was a bit surprised that that he strips the ball. He strips the ball for one. He then intercepts for another, and then defensively was very sound in the front line. I I, I agree with Griff. I think in the second half, Teddy was very good. I I don't know if Teddy's second half exploits outweighed what the trail did in the first not that they should but you know what i mean like i it, you're flipping coins yeah. Like, yeah. really i think yeah. between for most people you're, you're looking at teddy or latrell with um you know if you've got a three two one the third best on field was i mean i thought turbo was good too mm. I, I tell you um i can't remember i don't know if it was joey johns who said Teddy Luttrell and then Cam Murray third, yeah. Um, and I wouldn't Murray disagree was with that. Murray was good. But again, going back to these ratings, and they do come out very quickly after the game, oh, and I dare say yeah. too quickly, one of them had Murray at like a five and a half or something. Like, That's what was that? Cameron Murray. Murray. That's Cameron, Cameron Murray. Murray. Really? Uh, yes. But you know why these sure, are set Surely on. they're not talking about no. Graham Murray who dropped a pie no, on himself no, at well, half. No, you know what these are set on? These are set on bloody super coach points that oh, yeah. are the about what they do. It's it's, no, it's not it's not set on the <sighs> on the presence they have. It was hard. They mentioned because they, they they do a little spiel and said. Hmm. You know, it mentioned the drop ball and it mentioned it mentioned said it cost New South Wales two tries. Um. The drop ball and then the offside. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Far out. Yep. 26 nil. Um, <laughs> you know, he's costing tries for his own team. Mind uh, you, uh, quick, but mind quick you, play the ball. Mind quick you, play the ball and defence. The play no, down I, that I right side created if, chances. You could didn't, look didn't, it up. It was the guy on the NRL madness. website. Didn't Loon he whoever, set... Didn't whoever you are, you're initial, a lunatic. Didn't his initial run set up a try? Like, didn't he then uh, pass I'm not to Revojevic? I thought he was yeah. outstanding. I, I, t- <laughs> I texted you boys during the game to yeah. mention it. And then I, I texted the doctor something, uh, our friend the doctor, who yeah. uh, provides us with, with interesting health care. Um, I texted him to say, I think it was half time, and I said, because he's not a huge Latrell Mitchell fan for our listeners. No. Uh, and I said, Sadly. Uh, I said, I know Latrell's not your man, but but you'd have to be impressed with what he's done or something mm. to that effect. You know, he's having a huge game. Um, and uh, and he, he was impressed. And he also he also mentioned Murray um, at halftime as, as big yeah. defense. And wow. I, I thought, uh, I, 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 want, I look at these ratings and I just thought, who are these people? Yeah, I, I tend to. Why bother having him? Like, I don't know if it's still on there, but I think even the next day oh, they, they still had it. They hadn't changed it. I've got it's here. Like, I'm pretty sure. Cam Murray at seven, at five and a half. Uh, Troy Whitaker's Origin Two player ratings for the Blues. Oh, that there you go. There's your first so, problem. There's your first they've, problem. They've, they've, they've bumped him up ever so slightly. He's a he's a seven. 
He's a seven now. Well, he was so five and a half. Cam Murray made his biggest impression in defence. A couple of forgettable errors, potentially costing two tries with an error, then an offside play. Overall, he did what was required. Now, to give you an idea, he got a seven. Daniel Saifidi got a seven and a half. Now, Troy Whitaker. <coughs> do you know what scares me? More people's read. More people are reading your crap than listening to us. That's a worry. Like, <laughs> anyway, like, be the first Muppet hired by the NRL. I I was right, I was looking through the backs and, and all the backs scored highly and, and he had I think he had Luai and Cleary both at eight or something originally, and and I thought they had good games, but I didn't think they had great games. Um, I would have thought seven for for Cleary, but and take into account. He played with that injury. He was for a guy to do what he did. I thought he was was really good, but it was a seven out of ten performance. He he did his job. He did his job. Um, so I have no faith in. I have no faith in in any of the ratings, any of no. the Dally M's or anything else. I know they do them, and, and you you want to reward players, but I just uh, I, I don't like. And it's look. I don't agree. Honest, I mean, and it's all it's all it's subjective. It is subjective. That's the thing too. We're having but a how how anyone who who could give a rating originally gave Cam Murray five and a half. Well, that's, kidding. That's why they've had to bump it up. There would have been a bit of pressure. And look, he's known for this kind of thing. Like he's known for just what. Like seriously, he does things based on an algorithm rather than watching the game. Yeah. Anyway, like, it's like a super coaching thing. Look, that might have to. That might have to take over. I, I had something else put aside for my segment, but um, ah, look, well, I'll stick with my original gaff. It's time for Graham's gaff. All right. So as I said, there, there's one that we've just pointed out, an honourable mention. Um, I've got a lot of our honourable mentions this week. I think the fans might uh, have a have a good guess as to what's going to actually get my gaff. Um, we talked about the Reese Walsh situation. That for me is a gaff. I I find that that's uh, that's bizarre. I, deep down, I have a feeling that he was never going to play. I don't know. Um, the the one that I read today, and I let you guys know straight away. I thought, here we go. Um, the Brisbane Broncos. They've been going so well. And this is still an honourable mention, mind you. I, I will go into a bit of detail. But those who haven't heard, uh, just very briefly, Broncos had the bye last week. So everyone would think it would be smooth sailing a week off. Um, they're, they're the only team I know who could have the week off and still have four players injure themselves at training. So uh, it goes from bad to worse for the Broncos. But my ultimate gaffe is one that I've never seen before and one that should never have happened. It is the um, Ronaldo Molotalo situation with Queensland. Now, we have a young man who played under 18s and under 20s for Queensland. And it wasn't until, um, I think it was New South Wales that actually raised the alarm bells. You know, we're talking hours before kickoff, really, that uh, he wasn't eligible and it turned out he wasn't. Now, from what I'm hearing, and Shane, I don't know if you can help me out with this, the eligibility rules state that you have to arrive in the state by the time you're 13. And 13, from what yes. I've been told, 
Ronaldo moved from New Zealand to Queensland when he was 14. Yes. Now, oh, can I tell you why this didn't make my tidbits? Because this was just so convoluted. The best they've got here is is now is now Queensland Rugby League, so that they're not showing with egg on their face. They're coming out and saying, "Oh well, we've got one documentation, but we can't find another." And it's like, wow. They look. Do you know what the it's problem is? Far the, out. The biggest problem that I've got isn't that he got selected a week ago and it was taken off him. My biggest issue is why was he eligible? This guy's been out. He's played under. 18s under 20s and no one's picked up on it surely there is someone's job fair you can give it to an intern it would take a day check buzz rossfield check everyone's eligibility <laughs> did you hear about buzz this is funny did you hear how buzz um apparently people were really upset because buzz rossfield must have chucked it out there originally i didn't see it but apparently he did and anyway he had to tweet the original tweet that some punter who said, no, 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 I've got the information from this punter, like some some dude on the beers and Twitter saying, hey, I've read that he came in when he was 14. So Buzz yeah. has put it out there, some received punters. all this horrible mail and then gone, oh, no, no, it's not my fault I put it out in the paper. Really? Look. Own what you write, mate. You've owned every other piece of crap that you've written. Own this one too. Griffo, what do you think? Bit embarrassing. Look, firstly, I want to say I feel for the guy. Yes, really? that's yes. the main thing. Yeah, like, that's, that's yeah, why. Got that's, that's why I'm cut. This poor guy was going to make his origin debut. Thought he was eligible and got ripped away. It's just poo. It shouldn't happen. It's not his fault. No, no, it's not his. Well, maybe it is. Um, should have been. Should have been thirteen. Yeah, should have got you when he. Was he should have been thirteen. Wouldn't be an um, issue. No, I do feel for him on, on on the fact that you know his dream was was shattered and 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 so publicly. But I um I support one hundred percent the fact that he was ruled ineligible under the rules because yep, yep, he was ineligible under the rules. Now, how old was Greg Inglis? Well, this was the name I was going to bring up. Um, Greg Inglis played a massive role in that dominance of Queensland when they were eight in a row. And that would have happened if he was wearing a blue jersey. Or even if he wasn't wearing a blue jersey, just if he wasn't wearing a maroon one. Now... He should never have played for Queensland because even under the rules at the time, he had played, uh, he'd represented Hunter Sports High School. Correct. So, but the paperwork, there was a paperwork uh, issue. Oh, there we are in the back. Where is 
Sorry, boys. No, goodbye, <laughs> no, Well, this is it. And this is why, while I do feel sorry personally for the guy involved, that I'm glad he was stopped from playing. They've got away with so much over the years. Um, and, you know, the rule was clear. And, and I know the rule has changed over the years, but that's what the rule is. And there's different uh, documentation that says he was here, he wasn't here. The reality is he wasn't here before his uh, 13th birthday. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of Kiwis that would love to play in the game that aren't eligible. And, you know, it, yeah. It's all about you know, like, being fair. He is eligible to represent the New Zealand Kiwis. We haven't really heard anything from the New Zealand Kiwis to say, well, yeah, he should be playing for us, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, we can't be losing all our own players. Like, I mean, it's, it's a bigger issue, but in terms of this game, uh, in terms of history, I'm glad he didn't play because yep. he wasn't eligible. No. And, you know, a lot of people on both sides said, oh, you know, they should have, you know, they've let Suwali play for the Roosters, been the rule here, been the rule there. Okay, well, I still yeah, say... different circumstances. Yeah. Yeah, apples and oranges. State of origin. Yeah. State of origin. Where you come from. And he doesn't come from Queensland. Not under those rules. Now, if the rules change, and next week of the rules said, well... Okay, you've got to be uh, here before your fourteenth birthday. This all of a sudden he's eligible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, with what's happened with the influx of of Pacific Islanders into New Zealand and into Australia, and some of whom, many of whom, in fact, like Jerome Luai, for example, born and bred in Sydney, Western Sydney. Um, even though he has that connection, he actually wants to play for Samoa. Now, I don't, I don't know, have the, all the answers to, to that, but I'm, I'm happy enough that Ronaldo missed out simply because he wasn't eligible. If they were to turn around before game three and said, we are making a special uh, dispensation for this guy. I wouldn't have a problem with that either. Um, but I go back and, and, and Greg Inglis, very early on in the piece, we could see this guy was going to be quality. And then when I heard he was going to be playing for Queensland, I thought, shit, this guy could be fucking... So I didn't mean to... Uh, <laughs> because and you know what he he played with his mates he goes find me an option where i get to play with my mates and they found him one back in those days i don't know what it was but there was a perception that queensland treated indigenous players better than new south wales um so I thought whether that was part, I don't know. You have to ask Greg Inglis that. But history would be different if he mm. was wearing, if he was not wearing a Maroons jersey, even yeah. if he didn't ever play for New South Wales, they wouldn't have won all those series. They would have won most, but not all. Yeah, 
no, very, very influential, definitely a big player. And I think this is going to keep that that debate going. And you'd have to imagine that uh, going forward, that you wouldn't you wouldn't want something like this happening again. It's a major gaffe. Um, you think they'd be pretty clear on, um, you know, how they go in the future. But you know, I mean, I mean technically, I'm going to ask you, Griffo, because you you mentioned then, you know, it's Greg Inglis. Is, is your understanding that technically he wasn't eligible for Queensland? That's right. There, so, there was just a paper. Queensland got their paperwork in quicker than New South Wales got in the thing about Hunter Sports High. And um, had they, yeah, and, and I, I, you know, I guess it's, you know, that's if that's what we're talking about, this, this is a guy who was born in New South Wales, raised in New South Wales. And my yet, first question is why does he want to play for him? Well, that was that's that's what I'm getting back to, Graham. That there was this perception around the time that Queensland was a better place for Indigenous players than New South Wales. And the other thing is, you look at the players that you had around him, like you know, like he plays with half his teammates. Yeah. yeah. Oh well, look. It'll be good to see most right. players this week going back to playing with their teammates. We've talked Origin, we've gone over it. We've still got one game to go, which is, uh, you know, plenty to look forward to. But I'm really excited at the fact that we've got eight games of footy this week and uh, a full round of the NRL. All yes. right. So there we go. We've got kickoff, kickoffs all around here in the NRL. The balls are being kicked. We've got the whistle. We've got football back. We've got a big game tomorrow night. Uh, Thursday, it all starts again. Now, just to be aware for those of you who are following the NRL at home, uh, the Roosters versus the Storm. This game has been moved to McDonald McDonald Jones Stadium in Newcastle. So for those who are not local and do not understand, basically the Sydney region down to Wollongong, the Blue Mountains and Central Coast included in the current lockdown. Newcastle is not a part of that. They'll be hosting the Roosters versus the Storm 7.50 tomorrow night. Uh, for the Roosters in regards to team news, we're hearing that uh, Sam Walker's going to return at halfback. He's had that two weeks rest. Uh, so he had an ongoing shoulder injury and a few other le- uh, niggling things happening. Uh, that'll ship Lachlan Lamb to number six, which moves Manu back into the centres and Suwali out of the team. Uh, Tupanua is back from his foot injury, so Fletcher Baker goes to the bench. Uh, Tedesco and Crichton are both being tipped to back up from Origin 2. For the Storm, uh, this is one just to keep an eye on here at the moment because Craig Bellamy has indicated he may rest some of the uh, Queensland forwards, mainly uh, Welsh and Kafusi. Uh, we've got a five-day turnaround there, and obviously they both featured very prominently in the Origin last week. Um, be interesting to see how he decides that one. Um the Bromwich brothers also return. Uh, there was an elbow and rib injury for uh, the Bromwiches, so that's going to give him a bit more up front, uh, despite the fact that Big Nelson Asolfo Salomona is still out suspended. Usually a massive clash whenever we see the Roosters take on the Storm Griffo, uh, given, given the fact that the Roosters are still battling some of those injuries. Uh, the Storm will go into this one as favourites, but you know we've got to keep in mind the Storm do have some of their injuries of their own. Yeah, it's a tough one, Graham. Um, 
just looking through those teams and listening to you mention some of the guys out from uh, still out from the storm. Um, I do give the Roosters a chance. <coughs> I think the Roosters' forward pack looks pretty solid there. Uh, they're still they're still missing Victor Radley. Yeah, he's a he's a huge loss. Um, the Storm, they've had players out from every game this year, I dare say, and they haven't missed a beat really. Uh, I do think they're vulnerable, but but who's going to beat them? Yeah, you know they just seem to the guys that come in seem to get the job done. And there's still you know no Harry Grant there. There's still no Pappenhausen, but Hines has been as good as any fullback in, in the time frame that that he's been there. They just keep getting the job done, and um, I think Monster he'll be looking to have a big game after you know not not going so well for the Maroons. Uh, this this game, as you mentioned, has been played at Newcastle. I don't know that the Roosters are the most popular team in Newcastle. Um, I don't think there's going to be too many people there. They're missing the white. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's what yeah. I've got. <laughs> I, I, I will stick with the Storm. Um, I, do th- I wouldn't surprise me if... if if the Roosters, you know, could could do something in this game, um, they've got Sam Walker back. They've got it. They've got a solid pack of forwards, but maybe off the bench they haven't got quite what we'd, we'd associate with the Roosters in the past. Um, I noticed Suwali's on the extended bench. He's at number twenty-one, but he's been there before and played. So I'm not quite sure what the coach is thinking along uh, the lines of Joseph Suwali. Um, Shane, what do you think? Oh, jeez, what a game! Um, this is my this is my broken nose of the week. This is this one's pretty hard to pick. Um, if I was the Roosters, I don't know. Like, okay, Sam Walker, yes, needs to be in. Tupunua, yes, needs to be in. I don't know if I'd be changing a lot of other things. Like, because they, they seem like it, they, they're, they're sort of winning. Like, you know, and I use the word sort of because, let's face it, the Titans game was a shambles there for a long, for a long part of it. That's why I've got the Melbourne Storm. Regardless of the... Um, Regardless of what gets thrown at Melbourne, they'll 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 handle it. I I really think that the Melbourne Storm. Look, if Penrith weren't so good this year, if Penrith just weren't so awesome, this is one year where you go Melbourne are outstanding. Uh, they've just got a side in Penrith which is just ticking along like no like no one else. Um, I think Melbourne have just been able to build this team based on absolute strengths. They're pulling players and people left, right and centre that are just absolutely phenomenal. I don't know, like, you know, like you've said everything, Griff. I agree. Like, 
I just look at it. Um, you know, you look at you look at what um, you look at what the teams have done. I just see that, and I just go, you know what? If I look at if I look at those like Nico Hines, he's been absolutely awesome. You know, you look at Munster Hughes. I don't think he'll rest Munster personally. I think he'll rest some of the Fords, but not Munster. Brandon Smith. Um, you know, I just look at everything and go, they've they've just been trucking along so so well this side. I've just got to pick the Storm, Gray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm picking the Storm in this one too. It's a bit of a tough run for the Roosters, given the fact that I know we've um we've had the Origin in between, but last round they played Penrith, and now they come up against the Storm. Uh, I think this is going to be the start. You know you're making it when we've got ads. We still hear that, Shane. (laughs) All right. So, uh, as I was saying, yeah, I I think the Storm will win this one. The Roosters going through a couple of tough games. Given what we see on paper, what's on paper there, that's what we expect to take the field. If that's the case, the Storm uh, definitely win. And, um, yeah, I, I don't think I saw enough in the Roosters last time out against the Panthers to give me the confidence that they can beat uh, those top two sides. So, um, yeah, definitely for me, uh, I'm going to be going with the Storm in this one. All right, moving on to our second game of the weekend. We see the Warriors take on the Dragons Friday night at Central Coast Stadium at Gosford. Now, for the New Zealand Warriors, you really need to keep up with your uh, news to even make sense of the team that's being put out this week because we see the mid-season recruits of Dallin Martini Zalesniak and Chad Townsend rush straight into the side. Uh, so, Martini Zalesniak on the wing, Chad Townsend at halfback. Roger Tuovasa-Shek is going to play in fullback uh based on the absence of Reese Walsh, which we talked about uh, briefly earlier. He was ruled out of origin with a hamstring injury. The other thing that people may not be aware of uh, is the fact that Ewan Aiken and Josh Curran, they're out for two weeks. Now, they're not injured, but they were on the flight from the Gold Coast to Sydney, which some of you may have heard about on the news, where a cabin crew member has since tested positive for COVID-19. So Josh Curran, Ewan Aiken having to isolate for two weeks because they were a close contact of that uh, cabin crew member. Uh, that would mean that Montoya is going to move from the wing to centre to replace Aiken and Edward Cosie is a new winger. Uh, Katoa is going to come into the starting side to fill the void left by Curran. Uh, we're also seeing Wade Egan returning from a head knock, which will see Jazz Tavega go back to the bench. Um, Bailey Sirinan, he got a head knock last round. They're saying he's good to go. We're also seeing a FOA this week on the bench with Evans in the starting lineup. So plenty there happening for the Warriors. For the Dragons, um, the big news for them is the return of Matt Dufty at fullback from the shoulder injury. Uh, we also see Bird shifting from the back row to the centre with Gerard Bill pushing to the wing to replace uh, Ravalawa, who is suspended. That would mean we're seeing Josh Kerr in the back row. Vaughan's going to start at prop. Maguire and Fuimayano both back from suspension on the bench. The word is that Sims, Hunt and McCulloch all came through Origin 2 without any issues, so they would expect them to play. 
Griffo, uh, hard to get a gauge on this Warriors side. We've got quite a few players that are, well, you know, we're used to seeing at some stage at Chad Townsend in a, um, in a Warriors jersey and, and a few mid-season changes here. But we haven't seen this combination this year so far. Um, what are your thoughts, first of all? I'll, I'll get you to talk about Townsend first because I'm sure that you're going to have some comments at some stage about DWZ. Okay, well, Chad Townsend. Um, last time he played a game of rugby league in the NRL, it wasn't all that long ago, and he lobbed over a, a field goal to defeat the opponents he's going to be playing in uh, on Friday night's game. So that was a, for the Sharks against the Dragons. And he, he did have a poor game that night, and he got dropped, even though uh, he, he put the field goal over to win the game. Um, yeah, I mean, you bring two guys in from other clubs that were into July. And I don't know if I like that concept, to be honest. I mean, I'm not going to bang on about it right now, but I think maybe, a, you know, again, maybe one of our off-season specials, we can look at that. Is there a better way to be doing this? I, I don't like the the idea of a guy playing... As we saw, literally, with Ken Mamalo, he played for the Warriors against the Storm. Then he backed up the next week. I bet he wished he didn't. Yeah. And played <laughs> against yeah. Storm. He didn't get his you know, three tries that day. He'd, he'd used up all his tears the week before when he realized, <laughs> what am I doing? He knew. He didn't. I don't think he thought he was going to get pumped by 60, though. Oh, but. Yeah. Uh, I just don't like that concept. But anyway, on to the game. Um, it's a real tough one to pick because neither team inspires me. Um, the Dragons are higher on the ladder, and, and deservedly so. They've, they've won games, um, including the last game they played, where I didn't think they were going to win against the Raiders. Got the job done. Um, their strength has been their forward pack and the craft of Ben Hunt. Um, I believe Norman played well in that last game, although I was only seeing sort of bits and pieces. I was... Uh, I was uh, that was the night we were in the rock, Shano. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know if you might have left before. Uh, we were up at the Mercantile watching... Bits and bits. Yes, we were. We were. Um, I was there. Yeah. Yeah, I oh, was still there for this one. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I didn't get a great feel for the game, but uh, it was another game where I think the Raiders were in the lead and then lost. Um, the Warriors, they've been close in a lot of games, but not getting the result. And I, I'm tending to think that this might be another one of those games. Uh, when you bring in a new number seven, um, I, I just, while they really, they weren't affected by state of origin, so they should have been, uh, they've had plenty of time to train. And then you've got a new guy on the wing. And, uh, gee, I don't know why they bought him and signed him for three years or something like that. Um, he's left two clubs early. Um, you know, on, on reasonably long-term deals and got out 
before those deals finished. Now, does that tell what well, tells me something? Um, and what it tells me is that both clubs thought we're paying this guy too much money. Can I say, Griff, as you know, you're you're the Penrith fan, and you're 100 percent correct there. Have a look. You you're right. Exactly what you're saying. Have a look at their other two signings they've just made. They've got Townsend and they've got Johnson back. They're the new dad's army. And why would you hire DWZ? I don't know, Shane. I know they had money to spend because of Roger leaving at the end of the year. But DWZ is certainly no RTS. And I'll leave it at that. Mm. I'm, I'm going to go oh. for the Dragons here. With no 100%. Who do you like in this one, Shane? Oh, let me start. But I want to. I want to talk a little bit about the signings. Um, you've got DWZ. Here, here you go. I've got a question for you. DWZ, uh, Townsend, and and Johnson. Who's the youngest player out of those three? Do you think? DWZ. DWZ. Yeah. Yes. Who's next? Townsend. Very good. Townsend was born in 1991, uh, 1991, uh, 1990 for Sean Johnson, 1995 for DWZ. Begs the question, why are they buying these players? Oh, um, Townsend's short-term, Shane. Yeah, know. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But, geez, it's, it's yeah, far out. I don't know. Uh, maybe, you're not going to win a premiership with Townsend in your side. But anyway, yeah, look, uh, nice look, in the it's, team it's, photo. It's, I don't know. Yeah, the hair looks good. Um, maybe they're all getting uh, pre-watches I think we've spoken a lot about um, spoken a lot about the the Warriors. Uh, talking about the Dragons, though. Uh, looking at the Dragons, uh, you know, I I like you know when you look at the spine, Dufty, Norman, Hunt. And McCulloch, they've they've been they've been around the block now in the red V a few times. So that's I think that's going to be an interesting. Uh, I think that's going to be an ever uh, growing type of combination. My biggest problem is is that I I just look at the players around them. I just look at the the the, the dragons. For some reason, this side just can't get their mojo when they need it. This is a game where they'll need their mojo. This is a game where they need to be on point. Um, we know when new players come, DWZ aside, I, I think Townsend and Nicarima could uh, could spark something, could spark absolutely nothing at the same time. I, I look at the teams and I, and I go, okay, who's the person, who's the best player on the field? Oh, this is a 50-50 game for me. Whenever there's a 50-50 game and I have to pick a winner, I don't flip a coin. I just go home side. I'm still not 100% comfortable sometimes with the home side because if, if you take the Warriors at the moment, uh, it's not as if they're in New Zealand, I go, who's the best player on the park? Two of us is Sheck for me is the best player on the park. They will have to get him some early ball. They'll have to get him playing well, Wade Egan will have to come into the four-way. I think Chad Townsend can either make or break this side 
Nikorima is is a very is a very creative five eight when he wants to be. Um, he can play some expansive football. <sighs> yeah, I, I look, I've I, like with you, Griff. I think I've got the. Yeah, you know, for the same reason you picked the the top the dragons, I've picked the warriors with absolutely no confidence. I'm flipping a coin and dare say my look with with any late change, it could it could change. I do like what Jack Bird can do, not what he has done a lot of late. Dufty for me is the guy for the dragons, and I look at you now when you look at when you look at a game. And the two fullbacks, you know, with with no support, are trying to decide what's going on. Yeah, that basically tells you where everything's at. So, I've got I've got the Warriors with no confidence, Greg. You guys have sort of hit it on the head in the sense that these teams are similar than what people think. They're more similar because you don't know what you're going to get out of either of these teams. Like, are we going to get the Warriors that almost beat the Knights? or the ones the week before that got absolutely belted by the storm. Are we going to get the Dragons that beat the Raiders, or are we going to get the ones that got flogged by the Bulldogs and buggered up my tips? I look at this game, both teams also have something to play for. We talk about putting a line through teams. You could, you, you're putting a line through Warriors just about if they don't win this. The Dragons are in the eight. This is too good an opportunity for the Dragons not to hold their position in the eight. For that, I feel they've got just a little bit more to play for, and it's hard to tip the Warriors with too many unknowns with these new players and these combinations. I'm tipping the Dragons with zero confidence. What, uh, what price, Dallin, not to make a mistake? <laughs> not, not to make a mistake. Not, not to make a mistake. Not to make one or make one? Not make a mistake. Jeez, I think that'd, that'd be in the $15 <laughs> range, wouldn't it? I don't know. I think betting's Jeez, been suspended because you know, it's probably you'd already... Need, you'd need NASA's computer to work that out. I'll I, give you I, the one to make one. Bet, they'll, they'll, I've, got a, feeling, I've got a feeling he's not going to make a mistake in this game. Really? They'll, um, I don't lie. They'll suspend betting because he'll make a mistake on the way to the ground. Mind you, when you, camped on, something. When, you, when you camped on the wing... Oh, he could find him, don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> but I yeah. just got a feeling he's not going to make a mistake. Could That'd be famous be last words. Don't worry, you... it's on record. Well, no, I just had I, a feeling. I'd, I'd run with Griff. I always try. I always trust in Griff. There you go. We don't condone betting, but uh, it could be one of those BYO markets. But uh, we're a bit split here. Uh, Shano, you got Warriors. Griff and I got Dragons. Yeah. <laughs> All right, massive game uh, on Friday night. The second game at this stage uh, is still listed for Bluebet Stadium at Penrith. Uh, obviously, this is all, you know. On as the long fly. as none of the Penrith players went to Blackland IGA, they're right. Yes, that was one. Of I those. went there. Oh, did you really? Last Thursday. Uh, but yeah, it wasn't the Thursday that was the concern. There you go. So for there those you of you who aren't local, that's a uh, supermarket about 10 Bigger. minutes from Penrith. I'm Everyone should know IGA. That's, the way where, that's where you get your Mark Hughes Foundation beanie from. True, true. But those who don't live in Penrith might not know the distance that Blacksland is. It's very close to Penrith. Uh, even closer to the heart of Penrith is Bluebet Stadium, where the Panthers will take on the Eels Friday night, 7.55 p.m., 
Obviously, the big news we've covered, uh, Nathan Cleary's going to miss the match due to that shoulder injury we talked about in depth earlier on. That and means, Edwards. Yes, that means Luai will be named at halfback, Burton moving from centre to 5'8", with Tyrone May coming into the centres. As you said, Shane, uh, fullback Dylan Edwards does have the foot injury, so Charlie Staines is going to go to fullback. Brent Naden coming onto the wing for his first game of 2021. We'll hear the thoughts of uh, the Carpool Rugby League uh, cast in a moment in regards to that one. Uh, Mimorowski and Jennings are unavailable for those who are wondering. So Naden is obviously going to be the next in line. That seems a logical uh, selection from my point of view. Viliame Kikau is also coming back from his hamstring strain in the back row. Liam Martin goes to the interchange and Spencer Linu goes to the reserves. We have To'o, Yo, Capewell, all named to back up from Origin. As I mentioned before, Luai is also backing up. Uh, for the Eels, Sivo's uh, return from suspension means that Russell's going to make way. Uh, he got, did he get two tries in his debut? So, uh, yeah, so hmm. um, obviously a, a good fill in there while Sivo was uh, suspended. Other changes are on the bench where you've got Roach and Hipgrave making way for Kafusi and Bryce Cartwright. Uh, they're still saying that Reed Marnie is looking at around, well, probably around 18 or 19 is what we're hearing. Big loss. Massive. So he's still a big loss for the Panthers. The Panthers are at home. Panthers missing Cleary, though. Um, Shana, I'll get your thoughts first of all on the um, the harvest pairing of Burton and Luai uh, yep. for the Penrith side as they take on uh, well, the third place Parramatta team. I don't want to I don't want to take up too much of this this game, but I did want to ask a question, which is why I, I did have my hand up to Graham, which is why he's throwing me. And I I want to ask I want to ask I want to ask Griffo a question. No, don't be sorry. It's exactly what I wanted, Griffo. I want to ask you a question. As a, as a spectator of Penrith, I look at Penrith and I just think they're a juggernaut. And when, when teams are like this, you want to minimise the changes. I look at Matt Burton and what he's done in the centres. Um, could could Jamin Salmon come into 5-8 and Burton stay in, into, in the centres? Would that... Would that... Would that that do the same thing, or or is Burton? You just you know, is the Burton May and then Crichton in the centres a better fit? I suppose that's my question to you because I'm picking Penrith regardless. Reed Marnie is a must in the in the in the parasite. Without him, he defensively and attackingly just the Parramatta just don't have the kicking game without him, and that's with Mitchell Moses in the side. I'm still picking Penrith because of those reasons. I think in the middle, he shores up the middle. He helps out Nathan Brown to no end. It means that Regan Campbell-Gillard and Paulo don't have to do the amount of attacking. Joey Lustig is a good player. He's no Reed Marnie. He's not going to give the kicks out of dummy half. He's not going to be able to force repeat sets like Reed Marnie does. I know Sevo's back, um, but then again, uh, he's good for scoring one. He can let one in. Gutherson's played some good footy. I just look at the Penrith side and still think the nucleus there. The question I've got for you, Griff, I'm picking Penrith regardless. I just look at the side of what they've done. Rather than try and pull Burton back into the halves and change the centres, could they not leave Matt Burton in the centres and bring Jamin Salmon into 5'8"? 
Well, it's an option. Uh, I don't know enough about Jamin Salmon, to be honest, as a footballer. I, as a junior, I think he's been absolutely phenomenal. Like he'll, he's one of those juniors that will go, and a lot of people watching will go, oh, you know, you can't keep everyone. I get that. Well, he come, come he through the Sharks. Para, yeah, Sharks. Did he play he's a good first grade of para. Yes, he did. Yes, he yeah. did. I, I rate him. I think he's, I think he's got skills. But I look at, I look at, I look at what he's done. Like he's played. He's played eight. He's, I think he's played something like 18 first grade matches. Correct me if I'm wrong. And he's played a game this year. So I, I just thought you look at what Burton's done in the centres. Is isn't it worth leaving him there and keep that back line solid and change one position rather than bring Burton in and then another well, person step in? It's a possibility, but you, you're asking Matt Burton to to play the number six role because you're losing you're losing you're losing your kicker. Um, Matt Burton's got a great kicking game. Yeah, he does. Um, The other thing too is he is he is a half who was moved into the centres. Yeah. And just just before you go there, Griffo, like really that that's the best seven players that Penrith, I think, could put out this week to make up a back Yeah, I, 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 I disagree with that, Graham. Um, Who would you change? I, well, Tyrone May. May, yeah, I'd change oh, yeah, May. That's why I asked. I thought, I'd yeah, right. been May yeah. and I'd have put Tago Burton in. And then, no, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I just thought go, yeah. May was the one out. I agree. That's, yeah, yeah, sorry. That no, I, wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind Fair call. May on the bench. Um, I just... We, we saw him not play well in the grand final as a centre. We had this he discussion played, a couple of weeks okay. ago about May. The week we? before against the Rabbitohs, to his credit, yep. played pretty well, did the job. Um, obviously, Ivan Cleary has no confidence in Brent Naden as a centre. Um, yeah, well, that's I thought back the same. As yeah. a And I don't mind him as a winger. Um, he, he did have a few deficiencies in, in defense, uh, playing in the centers. So I don't, I don't mind what they're doing there. Charlie Staines, Charlie Staines came through as a fullback. Um, and, and I, I don't mind him playing there, um, which means they can leave Crichton in the centers. But I just think Isaac Tago has been really very, very good. Um, in the opportunities that he's had in the last uh, two or three games. And I would have him, I'd have him in the centers. Um, Liam Martin's on the bench with, with the return of, of to the army kick out. Um, I don't mind that just, although we didn't play too many minutes, um, but it, it will give them punch along with Spencer Lanier off the bench. Um, Sorensen's been solid. So they've got some good quality coming off the bench. Um, Mitch Kenny's there, and he, he has played some back row when he's come off. But uh, Uppy's fresh. Uppy hasn't played since the Roosters game. So I, I don't know that you need Mitch Kenny on the bench. I think maybe that's where Tyrone may. Uh, if you bring in Tago into the centres and... and and Tyrone May goes back to the bench. That's 
<coughs> excuse me, that's how I would replace Nathan Cleary. And, and then we had those other injuries as well. Dylan Edwards has been in and out of the team um, and a lot of injuries this year. Uh, when I looked at this side yesterday, when I thought, oh, gee, Cleary's out. I don't, I don't know if we're going to win this week. Um, because I, I think Parramatta offer a lot. But um, yeah, they're very strong in the forwards, Para. Very strong. And they've got really good players. Their bench is outstanding. Um, Graham mentioned that two went off the bench for Kafusi and Cartwright to, to come in. The two players that dropped off um, worry me much less than, than what these two guys offer. So I think Para's going to... Uh, They've got, they've got a very strong pack of forwards. They've got Mitch Moses. They've got Gutherson, Dylan Brown. Doggy is a good player. Um, it's it's uh, from from two to five where I think if Penrith are going to win this game, that's the area that, that they've got to capitalise on. Um, Parra have had their defensive deficiencies out wide. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and uh, hopefully Jerome Luai and, and Matt Burton with their short kicking game will be able to exploit uh, some of those deficiencies. Cleary is a massive loss. If Cleary was there, Penrith win. I've got no doubt. Um, I, I was actually thinking of, of tipping Parramatta. But I'm not sold on that yet. Um, the fact that it's it's in Penrith, but there's no crowd, means you know it's the home the home game thing is not a factor, um, not a factor at all. It's just a, just you know a lot of grass now and some grandstands. Yeah. It'll be empty. So I, I think it's a big bonus to Parramatta that uh, it's played in front of an empty blue bet. And it's an even bigger bonus that Nathan Cleary's not there. And, of course, Dylan Edwards is very important to this team. So if uh, Parramatta are ever going to beat Penrith, I think it's this week. Um, when I come to tip, uh, and as I'll do this afternoon to put my tips in, will I be able to not tip Penrith? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, who do you think wins, Graham? I'm tipping Penrith in this one. I actually think that, um, yeah, I mean, look, you guys have all said it. Cleary's a big loss. There's question marks over May in the centres. Um, I sort of set myself up for that one. I was looking there and I'm looking at Crichton and I'm hearing you guys talk about the centres and I was looking past May. But yeah, look, it's one of those situations where he can be the rock, he can be the diamond. Well, well it, 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 we are in June. So it's fair call to... To, to that, that's past, true, mate. yes, yes. We're in yes. June I looked now, past so Almost July. We are almost in July. Um, Penrith will win. I think Penrith, I think Penrith have enough. Um, and Paris got a bit to play for too, in a sense that they're in third. And they'll, they've got the Rabbitohs breathing down their neck. A bit of a they gap beat back. Penrith. They joined them on the same number of points. Exactly. So it can be a bit of a, bit of a swing for, for Parramatta, given the fact that Massive they can incentive. Either, either join Penrith on that twenty six points, 
or um, risk being overtaken by the Rabbitohs should they lose. But um, I still think there's enough quality in this Penrith side, and you've got to be pretty confident to tip against them. That I just feel like they just... I know it doesn't mean much, but I just I describe Penrith as they have this winning culture. They just show up, and for most of these guys, they don't know how to lose. Origin has that impact. We'll see the Cleary impact, but um, I, I'm still going to tip them. I think there's still enough there. Okay, moving on to Saturday, 3 p.m. The Canterbury Bulldogs will be hosting the Manly Seagulls. This one's going to take place at Bankwest Stadium. Um, in regards to team news, as you'd imagine, uh, there is going to be a bit of news for this one. For the Bulldogs, Corey Allen uh, returns to the wing for his first game since round nine. Uh, the, the whole back line looks... Uh, very different. Um, we've got Manu in the centres. Kyle Flanagan's going to play 5-8. So, um, yeah, if you're a Bulldogs fan, um, there are some changes there to the side. Adam Elliott is also sidelined by a cheekbone injury with uh, Jackson Topine coming into the side. Um, Dylan Napa, Brendan Wakeham, um, Aaron Shoup, Corey Riddell, Sione Katoa, their, future, their immediate futures, this is the way it's been described by the NRL, immediate futures under a cloud after they breached biosecurity protocols visiting a pub in eastern Sydney on the weekend. Keep an eye on that one because, um, yeah, that, that could obviously, you know, have a, have, a, have a massive impact. But, yeah, as you can see, there are some, um, some players there missing for... The Bulldogs, in that regard, so keep an eye on that one. As we know, with the COVID situation, that could all blow up and have a major impact on games. Um, for the Seagulls, as you'd imagine, the same 17 that's been winning over the past few rounds is going to be the team that runs out for them. Uh, Tom Trebojevic and Cherry Evans, they're looking at uh, playing. Um, but as we know, Jake Trebojevic, he... Um, He's been sidelined with that hip injury that kept him out of origin. The logical thing to do here, Griffo, is to tip Manly. Uh, can we give the Bulldogs fans any any hope, any insight of stopping this great run of form from the Seagulls? Um, the, the further that question went, Graham, the, um, the less I could say... <laughs> If you had it just left it, at, <laughs> uh, give the Bulldogs any hope, I would have said yes, it. because they start at nil all and it's 13 v 13. That's a, a two-horse race. Yeah. Um, Backed you into a corner, the, didn't I? The, yeah, I mean, so sorry, Bulldogs fans, but to answer Graham's question, no, I don't give you um, that much. Um, there's a lot of guys making their debut for the Bulldogs, because some of those other guys you mentioned are not available. Yeah. Now, uh, a source you, close you have to... have a COVID me, plan. Well, they don't. <laughs> um, a source close to the Bulldogs club, um, you know, the club is keen to move on a number of players. Um, and I think while 
what happened with those guys, you know, is, is seen as, as a, you know, uh, a bit of a dagger to the, to the heart for their chances this week. I think they're not going to be too disappointed because they think, oh, we can get rid of this guy. We can get rid of this guy. Yeah. 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 You yeah. Know? I agree. A long time, I agree. It could be a blessing in disguise. Um, yeah, I agree. Like, there'll be a whole lot more money to splash around for what they might believe to be better players. I don't think they're losing a huge amount of talent um, uh, from the five guys that you've mentioned. Um, I don't know too much about some of the guys they've brought in. I just think for mine, this is a team there's a lot of question marks on. Um, mentioned also that Elliot's out injured. Um, they're coming up against the team who've been on a roll. Um, and this will, I think, be my margin for the week. Um, I've not had a close look at this week's games, but uh, I'm thinking uh, it's going to take something special to um, to make me change my mind. Uh, I think it's manly by a lot, Shano. Oh, Griffo, how can I disagree with you? Uh, and I can't. I've, this is my margin for the league. I'm tipping Manly by a lot. I, I look at the Manly side. I I, I think they're going to rest Jurovic. I, I just I just think why play him? You, you know, like, what's the point? Um, I look at I look at them from. <laughs> I don't know if they'll rest Cherry Evans though. Um, you know, you have to play a game first. Um, so, you know, I just look at their side. I agree with you, Griff, and, and you're right. Um, we know that 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 the that the sources close to the uh, dogs they're looking to move on a fair few and and try and cut out some dead wood. I think this week is a perfect opportunity for them to see how certain players go. Quite interesting. Kyle Flanagan makes his return. Um, don't know how that's going to go. And, and in, in all honesty, I I really don't think I don't think Manly's going to give them anything this week. I've got Manly for my margin. Um, they're humming along at the moment. I look at their forward pack, and if you want to have a look, if you go like for like 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, they're going to absolutely dominate the dogs. They're going to get... Now, there's players that are going to run for over 200 metres this week, easy. And 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 their back line's going to absolutely be grateful for it. So I've got... I'm with you, Griff. I've got Manly, and I've got them as my margin this week, Gray. Yeah, I think the loss of um, DW... DWZ is going to be too much for the Bulldogs to overcome. <laughs> so, uh, given that, I'll go Manly. <laughs> yeah, no, Manly will win this one, I think. Um, they're, they're in great form, the Bulldogs. Yeah, they're, they're, they've been struggling all year. They've snapped a few wins here and there. But, uh, yeah, you, you'd think that Manly will get the job done. Not my margin this week, but uh, Manly nonetheless. <laughs> All right, so moving on to our next game on Saturday, 5.30pm, we'll see the Raiders take on the Titans at GIO Stadium in Canberra. Uh, For the Raiders, uh, 
Jared Croker returns for the first time since round seven with uh, Tomoko shifting to the extended bench. That's the only change. Um, oh, no, we've got Sutton being named at lock and Soliola on interchange. Um, they're one of those uh, players that often you see swapped around, so we'll see what happens there. The only other possible changes should be if uh, Papali'i or Whiten have trouble backing up after Origin, but the Raiders are telling us that they are expecting both of those players to take part. Um, AJ Brimson is back from a knee injury for the Titans, which is a massive boost for them. Uh, that's going to mean that Campbell... Uh, will be out of the fullback position, AJ Brimson in. Uh, Corey Thompson also back on the wing. Uh, Kevin Proctor comes back from his one-game suspension, which will push Sam Stone from the second row to the extended bench. Um, Firma and Lasoni are on the interchange bench. Uh, we also see Mitch Rain joining uh, Stone and Campbell on the reserves and Whitbread out of the 21 in regards to origin for the Titans, Fafita, Big Tino and Fotueka are all named and expected to back up from origin. This is the battle of the disappointments of 2021 for me, Griffo. These are the two teams we discussed uh, over the past couple of weeks as being the disappointments. The Raiders are at home this week. They welcome back Jared Croker, but also uh, AJ Brimson, massive boost for the Titans. He was in good form before he uh, he was out of the side, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, they are the two disappointments. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying try to bump it up here. I've never been that wrapped on Croker, to be honest. I think um, Brimson coming back's a bigger plus for the Titans. No, of course. He's a if if it depends on his fitness. Like mm. uh, he he can break a game open. Um, he's one that could be playing. Jared Croker, Jared Croker can't break a game open. Like he's a solid. At best, he's a solid performer, who kicks goals. I've never seen him as more than that, to be honest. Um. But, you know, others see differently, and that, that's okay. Um, I think there's more strike power in, in the Gold Coast team, but I, I just look at this team now and, and just – I don't know if I'm going to be able to pick them too often because they just crumble. Um, they've got a lot of big names there now, which traditionally they didn't have on the Gold Coast – they should be doing better. But there's some guys in the back line in particular who are just defensively inept and they get exposed. Um, to lose from positions, the leads they've had and lost makes me really worry about tipping them. Um, You've only got to be but, within a couple of tries at half time. Well, no, you can be... You can be <laughs> Three or four buck, but um, but I, oh, I don't know. I'm, I really no, don't know because the other side aren't any good either. Um, it's all gone wrong for the Raiders this year. It, it's 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 imploded really. Uh, this this was a team that were expected to be challenging for the title, and 
you can't even see him making the eight. Uh, every, you know, several weeks it's been said, oh, you know, that if they don't win this week, they're not going to make the eight. Um, and, I, I, you know, we're, I'm winding that one up again. They could win and still not make the eight, to be honest, because just, just got no faith in them. But they are at home. And the other side, they just crumble. Uh, gee. You look at Tino, you look at Fafita, Mo Fadawaka, they're, they're origin players. They should win the Gold Coast. They've got Brimson, he's another origin player. The guy that I'm impressed by they're bringing back from injury is Corey Thompson, who is a consistent performer. Yeah, he you was know? good before he got injured. I was outstanding. And the Titans weren't in too bad form when he got injured either. Oh, they were going. They were in the top eight early yeah. in the year. Um, oh, sh- I don't know. Uh, so again, it's a flip of a coin. I'll probably stick with the home team, but without any confidence, just simply because it is in Canberra. I'm going to tip Canberra. Yeah, I, I, I think a lot of people are going to agree with that, and it, it's a tough round to pick. And this is really, I mean, going off where I, if I go back to the start of the year and go through my top eight, I'm pretty sure this was what would have been team five and six. No, I had both both of them in my top eight. Yeah, I think I had the Raiders fifth, the Titans sixth. The only thing, yeah, basically, um, I, I can't give any specific reason for one team over the other. Uh, I'm going to go with the Raiders just purely for the fact that um, the Raiders are at home. That's the only reason I'm doing it, Graham. I have no confidence in either side. All right, so the next game we're going to uh, see on Saturday, 7.35, will also take place in Newcastle. This time it will be the Newcastle Knights playing in their hometown against the North Queensland Cowboys. Now, um, obviously, given what Shane's mentioned earlier with Peyton and all that, we're recording this on Wednesday. By the time some of you might be listening to this, there could have all been changes in regards to COVID. But at this stage, uh, the Cowboys are free to travel and there are no issues with them playing in uh, Newcastle. In regard to the team news, Kalen Ponga has been named to make his return, while Kurt Mann, who uh, was at fullback last week, he's going to go to the centres He's got an ankle injury, so uh, we'll keep an eye on that one. Uh, Man going into the centres means that Jones is going to go back to the interchange bench with uh, Jack Johns being the one to drop to the reserves. Uh, Origin impacts, we've got Daniel Saifidi backing up. Uh, All the word word is that he's going to be fine to do so. Uh, So he's obviously going to join Jacob uh, Saifiti there with Braley uh, to make up the Newcastle front row. The Cowboys, uh, they're going with the same 17 that played Cronulla in round 15. They have Val Holmes, Kyle Felt and Francis Molo backing up. They've all been included. Um, No concerns at this stage from what we're hearing about those players backing up. Uh, Look, Kalen Ponga is probably going to be the talk of the town here, Griffo. We've got Ponga coming back into the Newcastle team. That's going to be a massive boost for them. Yeah, I think we've said this before, though, when he hasn't turned up. Um, you know, the guy's injured, uh, has been for a while. Um, again, these are two more teams that 
I have no faith in. Um, but to the Knights' credit, they they actually did win their last game. I think it was against the Warriors. Is that right? Yeah, so the last game that the Knights had was against the Warriors. It was that low-scoring game, I think you might recall, yeah. 10-6. Yeah, they showed yeah. a bit of grit in that game. Um, yeah, if Ponga does play, and it's expected he will, that obviously gives him the other players around the team going to give him, they're going to be more confident. Um, I think... Both teams have some some X factor players. Ponga is is front and center for for the Knights as an X factor. I don't know that they got too much else other than that, really. Um, Scott Drinkwater on the opposition is a really good player uh, and has a number of try assists this year. I don't know what it is, but. I thought there was one game they got pumped. Um, can't remember who it was. Cowboys got three tries. He set them all up. The other team happened to score plenty more. But um, I just think at home, Newcastle, they're starting to show a little bit of form. But this is a team that, you know, as soon as you start thinking they're going to win, they don't. Uh, Cowboys, likewise, they started to put a bit of a run together. A lot of people said, oh, they're going to make the eight now, you know, and then it's the wheels are falling off again. So um, I'm going to stick with the home team again, Graham. Yep. Um, totally understandable. Just to have a look at that stat you were talking about, Griffo, the try assists for Scott Drinkwater, he's uh, 13. Now, to give you an idea... Uh, that's equal with Jerome Hughes. The players above him are Luai and Cleary and Hines with 14. Uh, Tom Trebojevic and Cody Walker have 15. So he's in good company there. He's right up there then, yeah. Yeah, he's right yeah. up there. He's only, you know, a couple off the lead. Um, as we mentioned, Shano, the the introduction of Kalen Ponga is definitely going to be uh, an impact for the Knights. Uh, realistically, now that the Knights have... Pierce and Ponga back in that side, we're starting to see that nucleus of the team that people were were possibly yeah, oh, pushing well, as top eight contenders. Graham, one to seventeen, the night the Knights win. I've got Knights one. As long as they play their one to seventeen, I can't see them losing this game. I agree with Griffo though. Drink water, absolutely. Here's the nucleus of that Cowboys side, and like you said, um, you know Mitchell Pierce and Caelan Ponga are the nucleus of of the Newcastle side. Can I just give um, a shout-out to the Saifidi brothers? I think that they are going to be key in this match. And another guy, Kurt Mann, in the centres. I just think everything now seems a bit more balanced at the Newcastle Knights with Ponger back, with Pierce back. 1-17, to 17, I've, got, I've got the Knights. I just think that statistically yeah. they've got the wood and, um, yeah, I can I can't see them losing the game, Gray. Yeah, look. In all fairness, I, as I said, I, I I use the word nucleus as that main part of that team. They're still missing Frizzell, Bradman, Best, and Edric Lee, who you would imagine would make up that um that that starting side. 
This is another tough one to pick. I think given that Ponga's back, that might be enough for me to to tip me towards the Knights. Yep. Um, yeah. And also, too, um, given that, you know, if I'm putting a tip in now, not too sure what's going to happen with the Cowboys. We've got a, we've got COVID testing and all that sort of thing to to happen still. So, yeah, given given that, I think... Fair call. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, tip the Knights to win that one at home. Okay, now we're going to move on to our games happening on Sunday. We have the Brisbane Broncos hosting the Cronulla Sharks at Suncorp Stadium. Uh, they'll kick off at 2pm. Graham, uh, with the Broncos, sorry to butt in there, does yeah. anyone know about the crowd status uh, at Suncorp? I don't. I haven't, I haven't heard moment. anything. I haven't When's heard the, anything um, at the moment. I, it, it finishes the the, the 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 curfew finishes before Sunday, but I'm just wondering. So they're no longer going to be locked down. But is there a fifty percent capacity? A twenty five? Oh, yeah, that's don't a good know. question. You couldn't imagine coming out of a three day lockdown and then throwing fifty thousand people in a stadium. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm, I mean, that's I'm not 100% I mean, sure. I haven't heard anything from, and I tried trawling through the Queensland government page, and I, I couldn't. Like, it seems like there's no news anywhere that I can that I can see either on NRL or on Queensland Health that indicates what what Suncorp's going to look like on Sunday. Unsurprisingly, I don't think anyone knows. I reckon they're they're, they're waiting to see what happens a bit here, and they're just sort of. The NRL is probably waiting for the government and X, Y, Z. So, you know, mm. watch this space. Yeah, it's a bit, bit interesting. Look, I'm going to tell you one person who will be at uh, Suncorp Stadium is someone who uh, we haven't seen for a while. That's Katoni Staggs. Uh, he's going to play his first game of the year or going to plan. He's going to replace Jesse Arthurs in the centres. Uh, Asako and Corey Oates um, are going to come in for Xavier Coates and Ubikobo, who are on the wings. Um, we know that Pengai Jr. is suspended. suspended. Um, Rabadi is going to shift to the second row. Flegler from the interchange bench to lock. Um, Brody Croft is going to play halfback this week with Tyson Gamble at 5'8". Um, so Sorry, I shouldn't laugh. It's just, it's just the Broncos. I'm just the, yeah, angry. the merry-go-round that is the Broncos halves continues to go round and round and round. And this week it was Carmichael Hunt that fell off the merry-go-round. He will not be in the squad. The Sarko on the wing too. Yeah. Hmm. Um. Yeah. So we'll we'll see how that that goes for them. Um. You know how much worse could it get? The Sharks. <laughs> uh, they're looking at the same seventeen which took the field against the North Queensland side by the looks of things. Um, the only change I can see is obviously Townsend was a part of that 21. Uh, he's off to the Warriors, which means Harodi's going to be on the reserve. So uh, not too much team news to talk about for the Sharks. The Broncos, uh, look, they continue this merry-go-round of personnel. We know that... Um, Look, the, the Broncos have dropped to the bottom of the table. We've also talked a little bit about the Sharks over the past couple of weeks finding a bit of form, Shana. They've now won yeah. 
four, four on the trot, looking they're, to make this uh, they're going five okay. in a row. They're going okay. They're, 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 they're doing some good things. Um, when you think about it, they've won four on the trot. There's a buy in there. So in actual fact, in the last five games, they're undefeated. In the last five rounds, ten points. Um, they're under. They're, they're under undefeated, more or less, with the buy. Um, they've they've produced some very good football, and I think they're going to produce it again this week. I, I just, you know what? This was almost my margin. This was almost the. This was almost the game I was going to take my margin because yet again. The Brisbane Broncos are just clutching at straws on the merry-go-round that is their selection. Um, it's like as if they put 50, they put 30 names in a hat and they pull out the best 17. Um, you know, I, I, I look at their reserves. Jordan Ricky, Reese Kennedy, David Mead and Anthony Milford. Last year, the, these are guys that... That's a big chunk of your cat on, on the reserves. Um, interchange, Pax, Hetherington, Pax... Palacia and Arthur's. I, yeah, I just I look one to seventeen at the at the shark side, and I just go, wow, this is this is a side that almost, you know, if you take position for position, are outplayed. Uh, there, there is one team very high on confidence. You know, in some ways, I've got egg on my face. I honestly thought that the shark side would have regressed. Um, since the sacking of their coach, they, they, they haven't done that. Um, opposition might have played a small part in that, but definitely the way they've played uh, has helped them. Their draw has helped as well. Yet again, they're playing a side that's just a shambles. Um, I can't see anything because Katoni Stags, look, you know, if the guy was centre 5'8 and uh, Second rower, you might think that they're half a chance. Unfortunately, he he's he's a centre and and can't play any more positions. Interestingly, they've thrown Jermaine Asako on the wing for reasons best known to them. Um, he's I, not I, good at fullback, Shane. Yeah, no, and but yeah, but she's not that great at wing either. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I just you know, I just think that they're, they're a shame. He's a good goal kicker. He's, he's a good goal kicker. He can kick a goal. He can kick a goal. Um, look, yeah, I, I just think one to seventeen. The Sharks got them all over him. Griff, what do you reckon? Yeah, I'm going Sharks. Um, it's strange that, uh, and Shane alluded to this, how things can turn around, and they have for the Sharks. They've been one of the form teams in the NRL, um, working their way up the ladder and, and into the top eight, and. And uh, I do expect that they win this game. They'll be uh, not wanting to drop two points here because they, they do give themselves a big chance, as I think most people do now, of, of making the top eight. You don't want to be dropping two points against the Broncos. I, I don't see where the Broncos win this game. Um, they've got a decent pack of forwards, the Broncos. Um We've seen them most weeks trot out a decent pack of forwards and they haven't necessarily performed that way. Katoni Staggs gives them some strike power in the back line and I do expect that he will either create or score a try, but I don't know that he's the best defender. So I think the Sharks might be looking... And, and the, let's be fair, the defence hasn't been the strong suit of the Broncos' 
over the last couple of years. Um, Hughes, the new fullback, uh, he's been used there, I think, earlier in the year. Didn't seem to go so well. Um, I don't see anything other than a Sharks victory, Graham. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Sharks as well. Um, just, you know, in um, in addition to what we're seeing from the Sharks, you know, currently in talking about their run, uh, we've, we've also got to understand with this team that there's no... No way, Graham. Uh, we haven't really talked a lot about the fact that he's not there at the moment. Um, hoping that he can, you know, come back because he does have a bit of a history with head knocks. So that's someone else to welcome back in for the rest of the uh, the season. Uh, Josh Dugan uh, also not there. The the Broncos have been so disappointing. They, yeah, I mean. They really are the worst team in the rugby league. They are the worst team in the NRL, and the Sharks are playing for a top four, top eight spot. So, I mean, that's that's enough there to 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 indicate that the Sharks should be able to get the job done uh, up at Suncorp. Okay, last game of the round will take place. Uh, 4.05 p.m. on Sunday at Leichhardt Oval. Uh, the West Tigers are going to host the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Uh, in regards to the the team news, there are a couple of changes for the Tigers. There's actually more. There's uh, three in total. Um, now, keep in mind, this is the team that got absolutely belted by Melbourne 66-16 uh, a fortnight ago. Uh the big news, I think, you know, one of their form players in Adam DeWay, he is coming back in the centres uh, in place of Tommy Talao, who's dropping out of the squad. Um, Seifarth uh, swaps places with Offerheng Gowie, and Mikalei uh, is back on the bench with former Rabideau Tom Amone being relegated to the reserves. One player to keep an eye on for the Tigers this week is Sean Bloor. Uh, he's got an ankle injury, but he has been named, so uh, keep an eye on that. A uh, little tidbit for Tigers fans, Moses Mbai is going to play his 150th NRL game this week. He will be playing in the number six jersey. On the flip side for the Rabbitohs, uh, a player who spent a very long time in that number six uh, jersey for the Tigers is Benji Marshall. He's coming back in. He missed South Sydney's last game uh, due to the birth of his child. So he's going to go into the number 14 jumper, which means that Blake Taft's going to drop to the reserves. Uh, we also see Heme Sele promoted from the interchange uh, to take the place of regular starting prop to Vita Totola, who is out with a knee injury. Um, Liam Knight is also coming into the 17, having been on the reserves list for a number of weeks. Uh, the Rabbitohs do have uh, five Origin players that took part in the game the other night, uh, those being Mitchell, Gagai, Cook, Arrow, and Murray. Uh, word is that they all got through unscathed and should be good to go. And just for those wondering, Alex Johnston has been in great try-scoring form. Uh, we know he scored a lot of tries. Just to give you the official stat, he scored eight tries in his past three games. Griffo... Um, Alex Johnston has been in good form. All Origin players are on deck with Latrell Mitchell uh, 
again linking up with Walker. That left edge of South Sydney has been amazing. Do you see that continuing this week with Johnston uh, down the left edge against the Tigers? Man, I see left edge, right edge, through the middle. I see. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyone who uh, had not already lodged their joker obviously saw that this game was happening. This um, was, yeah, this was the one yeah. I was alluding to. Okay, yeah, I didn't think of that. But um, as I said, I didn't really have it too close to look before we came on. Um yeah, this is a mismatch. Um, the Tigers, they're, they're the yo-yos of, well, there's a lot of yo-yos to be fair in the NRL. Um, but most of the time, the Tigers, they're not up, they're down. Uh, they're down at the moment. They copped an absolute hiding off the storm who could have won by more, um, 40 to nil at halftime. And they're up against another one of the premiership heavyweights in the South Sydney Rabbitohs. South Sydney have the benefit of a guy called Latrell Mitchell, who is not only fit at the moment, not only focused at the moment, but he's just, he is at the top of his game. And I watched that game the other night, the State of Origin. And as you guys are, I and mean, I'm not, but I saw if I was a South Sydney supporter, I am thinking this guy can win us the comp in this sort of a mood. Mm. Um, very few players have that ability. Uh, Tommy Turbo is another one we know, but there's a you know not even a handful of guys that you think. Well, if this guy is, we we go back to the to the year where Para made the grand final because Jared Hayne yeah just yeah. played at a level that was beyond what other mortals could do. Mm, that would have been now, Did they come from eighth that year? Yeah, yeah something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they just the, come from the out of the blue. Yeah. yeah. The Hain train after Origin, actually. Hain yeah. after Origin, wasn't it? So see I, I would say that that's the sort of thing that this guy, Latrell Mitchell, is capable of doing is is to get a team on a role that can't be stopped. If he plays like he did in Origin for the Rabbitohs, that is possible. Mm. And we already we already seen Tommy Turbo doing it for Manly. Yeah. Um, and Cleary doing it for. Well, Penrith. yes, in a, in a different way. Like yeah. it's not that X factor um, that can just blow a team off the park. We saw what he did with the Roosters, where he strangled mm. the Roosters. Um, but unfortunately, as we've talked about earlier, he's not be even when he does come back, he's not going to be hundred percent. So Penrith win the comp this year. It's going to be a great achievement. Mm. I mean, anytime you win a comp, it's a great achievement. But 
if they can do it with a not 100% Nathan Cleary, mm. then that's going to be quite substantial. Um, I, I really think, as I was seeing the injury to Cleary, I'm thinking those guys from the betting agencies that turn the dials mm. would have had Penrith um, fallen down a little and the likes of South Sydney and Melbourne uh, and Parramatta and Manly, they all would have went up a cog or two in the betting if I was someone in, in that particular position. Um, They'd already paid out on the making the top four. so um... Yeah, well, I don't even think that's the gimme, to be honest, because they're only two points ahead of the likes yeah. of Souths, of, um, of Parramatta, um, you no, know, yeah, clear. He's yeah. a big. They've they got yeah. a tough draw, Penrith, um, and 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 that was sort of welcomed earlier on. We thought, well, that's a good entry to the to the semi-finals, but they're going to lose some of those games. Um, they're not going to win. You know, there was talk of them. You know, can they go through the season undefeated? Well, I thought that was silly talk at the time because of the origin period. And we saw what happened. They lost a couple yeah. of games. They would have won those games full strength, no doubt. But, um, but you know, that's just the way it is. As far as getting back to this game goes, I just think South by a long way. Um, there's too many. While you look at this West Tigers team on paper, it doesn't look like a bad team. But there's just something about the team, something about the club that is not right. Because irrespective of the coach, irrespective of who wears the jersey, they don't consistently perform. And they consistently seem to bring tears to the eyes of their fans. Um, and I just think this is another day for the tears. For, for, for the Tigers fans they're going to get smashed <laughs> yeah I, I I agree Griff I, I just look at 1-17 to 17 and think that this this South Sydney side are just they're just a class above the Tigers um, across the park they've got them Mitchell Johnson Gagai didn't have the greatest of origin games he's going to be out for to have a big one Campbell Graham's playing some fantastic football, uh, as as has been proven. He's 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 been part of the train on. It's been part of the train on squad for the um, Blues before. Walker Reynolds, yeah. The, the only thing I'd say for South Sydney is um, Totola being out. You know that's a big blow, and, and in weeks to come, that's going to hurt. Yeah, great. I know you've. We we going to say something. No, I'll say it, it is. It's a massive. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Because I know you're a fan of his. And I was, I thought massive. You know, sorry. Massive. Yeah, I think he's I, out I, for about six I, weeks. He no. is. He's, he's out for a long period of time. But it does mean that Mark Nichols. Smashing, baby. Will come in and. Um, Sele's starting, and, too. And, and Sele's starting. What, what I find very interesting for South Sydney, um, Braden uh, Reserves, number 18, Braden Burns, great player. Jade Suoff, 19. Uh, Blake Taff, who, who interestingly, um, uh, the word on the street was uh, uh, quite a few people contacted his 
um, his manager when they went after his debut. Um, you know, he ran the ball, he set up a try against, and, and, and he did some good things. Um, interestingly enough, South Sydney have actually shorn up his contract. So, you know, Mansour, Moga, and Mago are, are, the, are on the reserves. So, you know, they've There's got some big things. That could probably get runs in. They could get the NRL runs, teams. most definitely, in most NRL sides. When I look at the Tigers, though, um, the Tigers, you know, they get the way he back. He, he's a class player. He's he's their best player by a country mile. Leilua, even at number 12. Um, Nofaluma, number two. They're two players, again, that can help. But um, the question marks around Sean Bloor, all, all, all indications say that he probably won't play. He needs to play. He is a very good footballer. He needs to have far more time on the park. Off a Hangawi, geez, there's there's a conundrum there. When you've got, you know, when you've got their spine, and I'll include the 13, Mitchell, Walker, Reynolds, Cook, Murray. I'm sorry. I, that's, that's, you know, no disrespect to, to, to any team, but that's one of the world-class. That's, that's world-class. And, and we know that, Teams have comparable ones when I look at the Melbourne Storm and I look at Penrith, uh, but but you know that's that's a first class spine versus um, the Tigers who at the moment are in trouble. I tell you why the Tigers are not my or why this game's not my uh, joker, and that is for some reason whenever I pick South and the Tigers and I go South going to belt them, uh, it's closer than you think. But for that reason, I'm not going to make it my joker. Um, in history shows that, that at times these sides can be closer than you think, but I think this might be the one week where South Sydney post-Origin post 2 need to start putting teams to the sword for their for and against, and this could be one of them, Gray. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that, Shane, because if we go off their only meeting earlier this year, it actually went into Golden Point, and mm. it was that bizarre... They're, they're a bogey side for South. Yeah. They're a bogey side. It was that bizarre finish where Burgess went to put the ball down um, and then uh, I think it was Brooks ran to the other end and basically the video had to work out, did Burgess uh, ground the ball? If not, was it a try at the other end? So Tigers... Yeah, that, could... was a, that was a rubbish three minutes for the Cardinal fans, wasn't it? <laughs> I'll tell you what, Tigers fans <laughs> Worse for the Tigers argue... fans, though. Tigers fans will argue yeah. that they should have beaten South that day, uh, but... They were the better team for a chunk of the game. Yeah, we are a little bit further on down into the season. Um, and we've got two teams whose goals for the rest of the year are vastly Very different. different. Very different. And I think that that motivation and uh, trying to achieve those goals is going to be enough to to push South Sydney over the line. I think they're my margin this week. Yeah, we'll see how we go. Uh, I'm expecting them to win this one, and uh, in all reality, if they're if they're serious about this competition, they should win well. Yep. All right. So that's the week uh, previewed, fellas. Um, Graham, just before we head off, we yeah. not mentioned the Friday night game last week. Oh, no, that's right. And, that look, was annoying. Whoa. Now I, I, I actually 
I, I was actually mm. I, actually earlier on in mm. the I, I was I was mm. going to talk about this and we were talking about the men's state of origin. Um, look, as we know, the um the game finished eight points to six. Uh, I I actually did want to get some opinion uh from you guys, particularly in regards to uh what we discussed last week, where the rules were slightly different to what we see in the NRL in regards to the the six agains and penalties. We actually saw that that became quite prominent in a in a sense that a a penalty was given with a couple of minutes to go right in front to give the Maroons the win. You know what frustrated me, Griff, uh, Graham, and Griff. Twenty minutes to go, there was a similar penalty thirty meters out. Or not, it wasn't a penalty. It wasn't given a penalty. Similar thing where the Blues were on the attack thirty out, um, right in front. And and they were getting laid all over, and and a part of me, a part of me didn't mind the fact it wasn't a penalty because it meant that the ball could get just get swung out wide. They actually had numbers on the right, I think it was, and they went left, unfortunately. But when you look at the last minutes of the game, where or last seconds of the game where it was given a penalty, you know that's what that was the Blues' opportunity to to actually put the ball over the black dot um i found oh, yeah like i, I Leg think, in I an think, nrl game six again look, isn't it look i yeah it is and and i think yeah. that and i think that when i look at look this is why i hate international rules versus nrl rules i'm not going to sound elitist here in any way shape or form the NRL is the premier competition globally. Let's run with the rules that the NRL set. If the NRL says that six again is a good option, do it across the board. If that six again rule had applied to the female game, we would have seen probably more attacking opportunity, would have seen more tries. I thought the referee, um, and not having a go at her, but I really thought that for both sides at times, she let the... She let the game play when it probably shouldn't have been and then blew the whistle when really wanted the game to play. I thought it was a clunky game of football dictated by the referee. Um, and that's not a salty Blues fan. That's just the way I thought. That, uh, I didn't see it live. I actually went back and watched it. Um, I watched it in its entirety. Um, I, I tell a lot. I watched half of it live then watched again in its entirety and, and really when i was watching it in the first half i'll say this the blues threw some chances away the blues should have had that game sewn up they should have been ahead by more in the first you know another 35 minutes half in the first 25 minutes they really had the ascendancy and probably should have been up by 12 to 14 points at the back end of the game, it was this seesawing affair that really should, like, it almost felt like she was waiting to blow something. That, that was what, I, that was the feeling I got. Every time something sent, like, as if it was building up, it would just be a penalty. And, you know, I think in the NRL, and I'm not having to go at anyone here, but I think when we watched that game, we saw why the six again works in the NRL. Because... You see something building up. You see something happen. All of a sudden, it's a penalty, and the pressure just gets. It's almost like everyone just relaxes. And, and and sadly, I thought it was a pretty 
it was a frustrating end. I'd seen those types of things like go all night. Why yeah. it was a penalty in the in the the twenty seconds to go, I don't know. Look, I'll throw to you, Griffo, and just ask your opinion. Just just quickly here, um, they were very careful post match. Um, the New South Wales team in regards to what they said. Um, you know, obviously, referee calls and whatnot. You can't just come out and say what you think. Um, Kylie Hilda, the New South Wales coach, did, and I quote, call it um, a shit way to lose a game. Is this more of a reason to support what we were talking about the other day where we need more than one standalone game? This would be a hot series going forward if we had a game two to look forward to. Yeah, I... I agree. And we've been saying that for a few years, not not just after that well, it turned into a little bit of a debacle, really, I thought. But I I think this should be a three-game series. Yep, wholeheartedly. Yeah. Um, I, I do believe that the, they talked about, for the first time, the women were getting paid the same as the men for a state of origin game. Um, which I think the fee for the men dropped down to fifteen thousand. I think it used to be thirty, uh, but as part of the reduced uh, income last year, that was part of the agreement. I I don't agree that they should be on the same amount of money as the men for a state of origin game uh, because they don't generate the income. You know, if they generate the income. Pay him. Um, I, I do agree that they should be paid well. Um, so it's not a misogynistic thing from any, any uh, you know, like, don't tell me that the New South Wales and Queensland men's netball team should get paid as much as, as the, the women netballers. Um, that, you know, it's just, it's just what you can bring in. That's what you should get paid. Sponsorship, um, advertising that. Yeah, and, and, and you, yeah. You, you know, and I know I think Shane might have mentioned in the past, I know a lot of media have mentioned in the past the idea of putting them on before the men, but I, yeah. I don't agree with that. I, I think they're standalone. Um, you can fill Parramatta Stadium in Sydney. Yeah. You I, can I, fill, yeah, you know, the place up yep. at the Sunshine Coast where they play. Yeah, I agree. And, and eventually, maybe then you can fill Lang Park. And, you know, uh, and yeah, then you're going to, you're generating some serious cash. Um, and by all means, pass it on. Pass it on to the, the ladies out in the field who are earning it for you. Um, I, I don't think at the moment, and certainly the quality of that game. <sighs> I agree with everything Shane said earlier in his, his summation. It, I was, uh, it was frustrating to watch the stop-start nature of it. I nearly switched it off at half-time. I thought, am I going to watch the second half? Mm. Um, nothing. Not, I'm, I'm not critical here of the quality of the players. They were phenomenal with their effort. The defense was – the hits were, were huge. Um. But the game just had no flow whatsoever. And, and as I said, I agree with everything Shane said. Um, and that was largely down to the referee. Uh, and I, yes, there were a number of stoppages for things like injury and, 
and also for you know going to see if uh, it was a try or not or you know who touched what but the 35 minute half seemed to go for over you know, an hour <laughs> yeah. like yeah. and i think uh i don't know if it was something i, I sent to you guys or, or something i typed somewhere else but to sit through two oh, hours. I think it that. was. I think it was what you said. To yeah. Us. Yeah, yes. Yes. Yeah, I was really disappointed. Hours. Sit two yeah. hours through that, and then yeah. that's how it got decided. Yeah. Oh, no. like as I said, the, the the effort from the ladies was fantastic. I'm not not critical there, but you got to play. You got to play open rugby league these days. You want people to watch it. It's got to be. You know. It's got to be movement. Like. It was it was almost like American football, you know. Um, yeah, that's a good analogy, Glenn. That's a really good. It was clunky. I like what you said there. That was almost like American football. And uh, look, New South Wales, and I agree again, Shane. They should have been up more. Um, they did create opportunities. I thought Isabel Kelly scored the first try and the only try for New South Wales. But had she have passed the ball on an earlier play, they would have already <laughs> scored. Yeah. And I tell you what, it's a good thing she did score that try because, again, she had an unmarked winger. Um, yeah, yeah. So I thought, you know, what's this What's this young lady on the wing? What's she doing? She's making up the numbers. Pass the ball, please. Um, but, you know, to Kelly's credit, because she's, she's a great player, she actually got the second one. But, you know, they, they certainly bombed one earlier. The halfback, unfortunately, just had an absolute shocker mm. for the blues. Um, the mistakes that she made in crucial positions, like it just cost them that they, they were just fundamentals. Mm. Like they talked about the pass from, from the dummy half and, and then they replayed and thought, Oh no, she should have caught that straight in the bread basket straight through. Yeah. I mean, she obviously wasn't watching close enough, you know, after they scored the try in the kickoff, she just looked at the ball and it went dead. Well, that's not good enough, I'm afraid. Um, she really had a poor game and it's hard to win a game when you're number seven, not just doesn't have a good game, but has an absolute shocker. Um, the referee, I thought, was even worse than that. Mm. You know, and, and I, I did read somewhere that you know that that there was a there wasn't any real criticism of the referee through the coverage, and I think that's just because she was a female. Uh, I think and it was a, you know a great thing that they were having an all female um, you know refs, touch judges, etc. And that is a good thing, and coaches that is a good thing. And that's to be celebrated, but you got to call a spade a spade. Yeah, I, you know? I think I think Griff, like I've I've been critical of this, and I've been fairly outspoken about this. I think that I think that a line was drawn in the sand um, at about a quarter of the way through last year, where all of a sudden every media outlet doesn't say <coughs> do about the referee anymore. They don't talk about referees. They just, they, you know, if a referee has a bad game, they ignore it. And I think it's, I've had enough. 
the referee has a bad game, you've got to call it for what it is. And I thought she, you know, there's NRL referees that have a shocker, and I'll say it, they've had a shocker. Yeah. And I thought that that the I thought that game was influenced heavily by the referee, which usually indicates that they haven't had a good game. And for some reason, media outlets, and I think Fox were told, because um, they were the most vocal, I think Fox were told by the NRL to pipe down. Channel 9 stopped talking about them three years ago. Um, I think that's one of the only ways they can get a media deal. I, I think media outlets uh, are very remiss in their job. When a referee has a shocker, you've got to call it a shocker. And... In my opinion, there's been plenty of games that have gone past without them being called upon. This was one game that I can honestly say the referee had a significant impact on the game, uh, had an impact on the outcome. That usually means it wasn't refereed well. I, I will say, and I don't normally compliment to referees too often, but I actually thought Sutton had a oh, very yeah. good game in the origin. Um I do think he was maybe a little more lenient uh, on Queensland in the second half. And, and Queensland won the penalties. They won the six against. And they, the only thing they can't seem to win is a score. But, um, but I thought he had a really good game. There were two contentious calls. I mean, and what, what I will say, whether I agree with him or disagree with him, is what consistent... The first one was when um, was when the New South Wales player, I think it was Tarek Sims, was knocked over after chasing a kick through into the in goal. I thought that should have been a sin bin, but it wasn't. Ah, uh, yep, yep, yep. And then we saw Isaiah Yo on with a jersey grab. That again, if that was the NRL, he's going to the bin for yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I thought, I thought. I thought it was an origin ref game, not an NRL ref yeah. game, which, yeah, but, which is what we were told they'll get away from, which they haven't. Well, yeah, that's right. We, we were told that. But in saying that, I have no complaints about the ref. I thought Sutton did a really good job. Him and his team did a good job. Mm. Um, but it was refereed differently because both of those things, if that was an NRL game, You'd see both of those guys, whoever it, yeah. pushed um, Tarek Sims. I think it was Cherry in, Evans. Yeah, I think it was DCE. Yep. He would have been in the bin and should have been. And then Isaiah Yo would have been, should have been in the bin as well. But I don't have a problem because it was consistent. Yeah. If Isaiah Yo and they thought about it, I'm thinking they're watching. Hang on, mate. You can't put him in the bin when you didn't yeah, put the other yeah, guy in the bin. Yeah, and he yeah. didn't. And, they, and they I thought, okay. Precedent there. Yeah, I thought that's yeah. fair enough. And and the, the referee mm. not influenced in any way that game, as opposed to the other game where it did have an influence. It just spoiled the game. Yeah. Um, and then the fact that, you know, again, it didn't have an influence. It did have an influence because it made the game better. You let mm. it flow pretty much. Um, and uh, and I, I thought there was two very, very differently refereed games um, on, the, on the weekend. Well, that's a fair call. And look, to be honest with you, with all the games that are happening this week, we hope it's the players who are influencing the results and uh, not necessarily the referees. Um, 
Which game do you think you're looking forward to the most? I'm 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 thinking that um, the the Storm and Roosters game will be an interesting one this week. But I know Griffo, you'll have your eye on the Penrith Para game. Yeah, I will. But in terms of, to answer your question, Graham, which game am I looking forward to? I'm not really looking forward to that game. To to be honest, a bit worried. I think we are definitely. Mm. Um, yeah, I I am very worried. So, I'll probably tip Penrith when I put my tip in, but actually it's a, one of these ones again where I, you know, my head says para. Um, my head says para because of, of the no Nathan Cleary there. And if I did see Isaac Tago listed at, at uh, in the centers, um, I, I'd certainly, it, it would enhance my feeling of Penrith yes, uh, yes. getting a win, and, and I don't. He's on the he's on the reserves, isn't he? He's number eighteen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we saw in the last game, I think it was, and, and Ivan Cleary's not normally one for chopping and changing, um, but we did see uh, Spencer Lanou, who was uh, I think listed at eighteen. He came in for Matt Eisenhuth, who was. Uh, who was listed in that game on the bench. So, um, I don't know. I don't know how we, that, that's going to go. I certainly hope Tago is part of the 17. I don't mind May being part of it, but not in the centres. He will be exposed. He's been exposed before for his lack of pace, and it's certainly something that the Parramatta coaching staff would look again to expose in a, uh, I just don't want to see it happen. Hmm. But I do look forward to, as, as uh, you know, not invested in either side. Uh, I, and it's a game over the years that, that, that we've always looked forward to when these teams clash because it's usually a really good game. And that's the Thursday Roosters v Storm. Mm. Yep, no, definitely. And I think it's uh, definitely worth uh, keeping an eye on this week, Shano, some of the players coming back. We've got Walker coming back for the Roosters. Uh, Katoni Staggs coming back. We've got the first games for Watini Zalesniak and Chad Townsend at the Warriors. Um, there's plenty of plenty of things to keep our eye on this week. Uh, and it should be pretty tight game. Football, one of your favourites. I know Jared Croker, he's back for Canberra this week too. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's, 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 there's lots of interest in every game. You, yep. you look at every game that's got something in it. We're going to see players. You're going to see something unfold. You're going to see how a team's going to go without a, a key player. You're going to see how a team's going to consolidate their position. So this is not a bludger of a round. This round has something for everyone. Um, how teams are going to start building their for and against. Um, this has something for everyone. If you're a football fan, you're watching every every game this week. Definitely, and we'll be watching all the games this week. Uh, definitely not a bludger of a round, and we hope you didn't think that this was a bludger of an episode. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, have a good week. It's bye for me. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Have a good week. Stay safe. Yeah. Sanitize your hands and wear a mask. Stay at home. Yeah, that's it. Get vaccinated.